This episode of First and Wild is brought to you by iParty Boat Rentals. When you touch down in the MIA, the 305, for the turn up, a celebration, a birthday, a bachelor party, a bachelorette party, celebrate on the water with iParty Boat Rentals. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and all social media platforms to book yours right now. iParty Boat Rentals, pontoons, 24-footers, yachts, whatever you need, we can make it happen. So once again, when you come down to Miami and you're done with South Beach, you're done with Wynwood, make sure before you leave, you have fun on the water with iParty Boat Rentals. Now, enjoy the first and wild podcast all right we're live all right what up what up it's your boy slim city live and it's the first and wild podcast and this is a long-awaited episode um this is going to be a very informative episode no we're not going to talk about sex on this episode so i know even though i think it's very important that i get a, w- a woman's uh point of view on perspective we're just not here for that today but you never know <laughs> the thing might just go to shit and talk about all type of we could talk about all type of reckless shit on here. Anyways, we got uh Anika Umfor, uh Democratic representative of District ninety five. Is that the proper title? All right, give us the proper title. Go ahead. So I am state representative Anika Umfoy, um, from House District ninety five. All right. So a little background story. I've known Anika for over 16 years. I'm 18, I'm 34, 18. And I think she went to Nova High School before me, Titans, Time Pride. You know what I mean? So it's, and it's, it's like when I really sat back today and I was thinking about how I, how we know each other and like how we're, you were like my Uncle Denny and I'm just like small world. It's overlapped. It's really yeah, it is. It's like, like so. Bobby, my brother, yeah. right? And then you have Uncle Denny. So it's like yeah. multiple. Then you have Jamie. Yeah. So it's like multiple layers of, of how we Yeah, and the then Bobby's wife is, I think, Andrew's cousin, mm-hmm. who was, I've known Andrew since I was six years old. So a little bit that most people don't realize, and I need to put it in my bio, is, uh, you know, Ashanti and Black Rain, I was the first, uh, well, oh, the yeah, organization yeah. that founded it at yeah. Nova. I was a founding member, and then I was the first captain of the boys and girls step team. For real? Yep, I'm that chick. Did you you pledge in the college? No, I never did. Did you go to college? I did go to Where'd college. Where'd you go? I went to Nova Southeastern. Okay, you a shark. Uh-huh. Well, I know you ain't pledged because there was nothing out there to pledge. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I never pledged, but... I Why was, did you stay local? I stayed local because my cousin had gone off to university mm-hmm. and came back. Pregnant? Nah, she oh. didn't get pregnant, but... Um, it sent a shockwave through the family that the children need not to go far. And so um, my mom did not want me to go far. And um, I'm glad I didn't go far because I got to get food, you know, three square meals a day. I mean, you would have got that regardless. Uh, they would have found a way. Uh, I don't know. Nah, Jamaica, what, let me see. <laughs> when you have good parents, like uh, your parents will follow you. That's true. Like your parents, I remember when um I first had my daughter and my mom was ready to buy a house in North Carolina, and not even a. So we should start looking to buy a house here. I'm like, oh uh, no, for who? You? Because I ain't living here. I think Jamaican parents or Caribbean parents are, uh, they shelter us through oh, everything, yeah. right? So they shelter us, they push us, they traumatize us. Very. But at the end of the day, their sole mission in life is to make sure that we stay around and we mm-hmm. exist. And when yeah. we have another generation, they do the same thing for the next generation. So they stop sheltering you. Mm-hmm. They start sheltering them. No, I think, I feel like my my daughter 
and my niece are going to get treated better than I ever did by my parents. Because I just be looking at them like, I feel like my parents love me, but they're getting another chance to like do it better. They get this to do time. it again. Yeah. And, but, and they care less. So let me just say this. Um, it's not that they love your children more. Yeah. What I got from my grandmother was, I, I, my grandmother was divvying up property, right? Yeah. She was giving, she gave a fourth to one, to each one of her children, right? Yeah. Um, my grandmother's uh, youngest sister, she adopted, right? When her father passed away. So my aunt Paulette is, I I didn't grow up with her as my grandma. I grew up with her as my aunt. Mm-hmm. She divides everything up with her four kids, including my aunt Paulette, mm-hmm. right? So, I remember looking at her and be like, Grandma, where's my portion? Right? Yeah. And she looked at me and she goes, I love you dearly, but you're not mine. <laughs> That's for your parents to, your mom to yeah. divvy up with you. So, though my grandmother goes to bat for me mm-hmm. and like does all the things that grandmas are supposed to do, you know, she's like the first, second line of defense. And yeah. They just want to make sure that we're traumatized as parents. Like, I'm mm. not a parent, but I can tell you that their mission is so that they are always number one in your kid's brain. Like, they are the champs. Because yeah. in, in our brains, they're they're human, right? Like, they're human beings. Like, they're not superheroes. But for the grandkids, they're superheroes. Yeah, I think uh, being, a, uh, being a grandparent is a lot more fun than being an actual parent. Yeah. But being, being a parent is like being black in a sense of like it's scary but it's fucking lit at the same time so i hope to join the ranks of being scared and lit at the same time yeah man it's it's a roller coaster of emotions daily i think that somebody said that it's like having your heart running around outside your body all day long Uh, like so you get to see them do all the amazing things but you also worry about how the world's gonna treat them I mean, I don't worry about that now. Uh, when you don't sleep for like forty-eight hours, oh, but that's a problem. Um, yeah, it is. I got to <laughs> stop doing that. But yeah. uh, it's I like it now because everything is like so raw and pure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like the more they develop a personality, the more you know they get more secretive. They they you know they change, but this time. Especially if you have a daughter and you're a father, like this is raw, pure emotion of love and anger. And but I just follow my basic little principles. I just remind myself, like it's my job to love my daughter. My daughter doesn't have to love me. Little things like that. And I remember, that I'm a, I'm a parent and not a friend. I think that that is you have carried through uh, old school thought oh, yeah. process merged it with a new school process yeah, so, you, so really, you you merge both like yeah, I think I, that a lot of uh, younger parents think that their kids are supposed to be their friends like I see people saying oh my child's my best friend I'm like how know. is that possible like she nah. put it in his VIP hmm. you know what I'm saying <laughs> the fuck I'm like my I'm like nah that don't work like I understand sometimes that we 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 put too much pressure on our kids to be our friends like mm. no they need guidelines they need boundaries they need they need the tools to survive through this world and they need to be able to have those honest conversation with their parents like yep. you know so the fact that you are you love you realize that it's your responsibility to love your daughter like that's how my dad always rocked mm-hmm. my dad was like yo i brought you here and so it's my responsibility to guide you through all these phases mm-hmm. um 
and I'm supposed to show up for you. Like, you don't have to show up for me. That's the opposite. Um, the other thing is the not friend thing. My dad never called me his friend. No. Nah. Never. He never tried to make me his friend. Yeah. He never showed up with this, oh, we friends. Yeah. Mm-mm. Never once. He's he say, oh, man, you're my little pal. No, never. Yeah. That don't make low, any sense. Low-key Confucianism. What? <laughs> right. Hey, so yeah, I'm taking this course, um, this history of, like, Chinese ethic politics, and I was watching uh, a Netflix show called Explained 101, and it had the history of China now. We all know in this day and age, China is a very wild, fuck you, we're going to do it our own. But I respect their idea of like, the fuck, we don't need y'all. And they and they just ramped up. They made sacrifices of the country and the people to reach where they are now. I mean, I understand, like I said, I respect the idea of betting on yourself. And that's what China did. That's what, that is essentially why China is where it is now. They said, yo, we, we there's a point in time in the 70s where the world was like, fuck y'all. Y'all tripping. And China was like, man, fuck it. It's us. And they bet on China. And China's winning right now. So, in a way. So, let me just say this. I went to Tai, um, I was in Taiwan um, right after August of last year. I was in Taiwan and went to the historical museum. Mm-hmm. Taiwan was founded by Chinese China, people, yeah. right? There is, a, I have a serious fascination with Asian culture, with their mindset. Um, when I was in high school and middle school, I studied um, mythology mm-hmm. and the thought process of other uh, cultures. cultures. And what I realized is, is that um, Asian culture is there's a rhyme and a reason to everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you can understand how they've managed to navigate through all the ills of the world and why they shut themselves away from from the other cultures of the world that wanted to come in and tell them and dictate to them how yeah. their life should run, right? So I tip my hat to them for that. I do not... You know, we we look at other people's cultures and we judge it without being a part of part it. Part of it, yeah. Right? Not, so, well, so, I, get the, I don't do that, but no. I get the idea of it. Yeah, yeah. So for me... I just look at the history of their thought process and their, mm-hmm. their, their, their cultural, not, I'm not talking about the last, since the 1900s yeah, I'm yeah. talking about just their, their, from beginning of time, the technical way in which they designed mm-hmm. and crafted the things that they have crafted. And the fact that they're at the forefront of technology, yeah. um, it's amazing, but it, it goes back to their, their, their belief system in that, um, working diligently on a task is interwoven into their everyday life. You always are moving towards whatever you can do to become better. And that's that's what I respect. Yeah, and their culture, they breed those, from when you're a child, they breed greatness and they breed success and they breed from birth. Even their, their gymnastics team I was watching, and they're so smart and they're so honest with themselves. It's like, basketball man fuck basketball fuck track and field yo we're gonna be gymnasts because guess what we just not gonna be then they're gonna be out of a billion people there's not gonna be a lot of a six eight six nine six they're just not gonna be there so what they do man you know for the gymnastics team there's a team of people that literally travel the country to these rural villages and they do these tests on these children and they say you know what you come with us now the catch 22 on that is a lot of them they miss it on childhood and but those people have such a pride for their country their patriotism is unparalleled so 
a lot of the eyes, most of the eyes, because you're going to have people that want to be independent thinkers, but they don't have independent thinkers. The only, I don't even think they have freedom of speech over there. I'm pretty sure they don't. But they, it's like a lot of them are willing to sacrifice their own personal life or whatever they want to represent a country and be great and they understand yeah. the collective. They understand. Yep. They understand yep. the the um, all that the, Confucianism, Marxism, Leninism, it, all that. There, it's also prevalent in African culture. Yeah. Um, the idea that if if I am happy and no one else around me is, then my happiness doesn't really happen yeah. because that sadness will creep into to your everyday life. It's a collective thought process, and I think that. Um, America was built on individualism. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time that I watch Jamaicans. Um, we're like, we love track and field, right? Mm-hmm. You never hear Jamaican people being like, oh, we're going to watch the Jamaican basketball team. Never happens, right? We don't even hear them say we're going to watch the Jamaican netball team. That never happens, <laughs> nope. right? But um, don't get me wrong. I played netball, so I have a love and respect for, yeah. for that. Um, but we're so individualistic, on the western side of the world Mm -hmm. that I think that we lose out on some of the pride associated with a collective thought process Mm. and I really think that what I would love to see and we see a lot of this stuff with like the movements to to uh, push forward um, the respect for life for black people Mm -hmm. in this country and so in these moments you see flashes of collectivism right um, I think if there was more collectivism here, um, we would be able to accomplish so much more. Man, that's impossible. It's just too many different cultures, and it's just too much. I too was, much. I was noticed. I said black people. Oh, black people. That same <laughs> way, same way. Because too many cultures, too many. Yeah, but if you look at too much pride. If you look at China, China has multiple different cultures. What you what you think is all one thing? It's yeah, not. but all right, I agree. Was how was they treating the Muslims out there? <laughs> Did you watch that? I, 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 I have you not. Saw, so have you seen that Vice? I have not. Wild. I have not. You know sometimes, and like that, and I, I'm a type of person. I don't complain because I'm very aware of what's going on in other places, and I don't want that smoke. You not people was like, all right, babe. I guarantee you if you told told black people like, look, we're gonna give you a hundred grand. You ever don't you don't like living in America? You complain? We can give you a hundred grand. You can go to Ghana because Ghana want Americans over there. They're, you seen that map? Well, you seen that on Instagram how they post that map of oh how where how good is your American passport? Two places in Ghana, one of them. I get you tell you if you tell every black person yo here's a here's we give you a hundred thousand, and you go you can move to Ghana. They not taking it. It's interesting because I have a cousin who's mapping out a plan to move to Ghana. I know, I know a couple of people too. So they must be getting some type of stipends, though. Or I you- I don't know. I think that having to navigate through the world without having the the socioeconomic racism mm-hmm. over your head yeah. must be freeing. That's a different type of racism, though. Yeah, there's cultural racism like yeah. in Jamaica, but yeah. you know, a lot of times we we um uh, and just a disclaimer: I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I anyways, know that. huh? I didn't know that. Yeah, I was born in Brooklyn, so I'm over here talking about Jamaica. Like, yeah, but I spent my summers in Jamaica. So when I look at stuff, people are always like, "Oh, we don't have racism in Jamaica." I'm like, "Nah, you got classism and racism. Yeah, you got and colorism. Both. Yeah, the colorism. It's all wrapped into this really pretty, 
little mm-hmm. bow that people don't realize is tied around their necks and on their wrists yeah. and on their ankles, right? Yeah. Because we say we're Jamaican and yeah. one love and, and Bob out of Marley. Many, yeah, and out of many one people. Yeah. Out of many one people. We ha- our ideals yeah. are based in a beautiful mission, right? Um, so I tell people all the time, I don't think there's a national anthem as beautifully written oh god best as, best as anthem ever start off with eternal father bless thy land like yeah. how can you lose Nah, like it's the only i think it's the only it's the only anthem that's a prayer to god mm. we're like one of the only if not the only country that doesn't have red white or blue in it and the flag most influential culture in the world yo i, I mean it's I just it's just crazy like i'm like we out of one little that smaller it just generates such like amazing things my thing is and and what i will drop right quick is i'm the only jamaican american in the florida state house so in all jokes aside i am the highest ranking jamaican american in the entire state (laughs) right and sometimes i sit back and i'm like these people be disrespected in the whole situation and what i mean by that is some of my colleagues don't give the credit it's rightfully deserved right uh, my aunt is the first English-speaking Caribbean American in the southeastern United States. She paved the way for all these amazing Caribbean uh, people that we have currently elected. Mm-hmm. And I sit back sometimes and I'm just like, it's that eternal father bless thy land mm-hmm. yeah. that pushed that through. Like Jamaica has made it to where it's made it to because it has always, like think about this, every morning you start off with a prayer. Mm-hmm. How are you going to lose? Facts. Like, yeah, I told somebody one time. I said, "I said hurricanes coming towards Jamaica. They start their prayer visuals. Yeah, yeah. Hurricane all of a sudden takes a side, take a little turn, take a turn. I'm like, yeah, you maybe wake up in the morning, turn on the TV, national anthem, go to the movies before the movie start, national anthem. It's it's a serious situation, yeah. but I do believe that we are collective in the sense of being proud of Jamaica, being Jamaican. Mm-hmm. There's very few people that I meet that are not proud to be Jamaican. And there's a ton of people running around here trying to be Jamaican. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't blame them. I don't blame them either. If I was... Man, this always been, when, I, when I hear those statements like that, I tell you, I went to a... We got, I got booked in a... Shout to Bulletproof. I got booked in a Bahamas one weekend. It was during Jamaica's Independence Weekend. Mm-hmm. And in Bahamas, I was in... Damn. Freeport. And they were having Jamaica Independence Day parties in Bahamas. Mm-hmm. I'm like... If this ain't the wildest thing I've ever seen in my life. But there's a lot of us there. I feel you, but it just caught me off guard. I, I just the last thing I was expecting. So my first job was at the airport, right? Mm-hmm. And so I used to, you know, the fact, being so young, I got, I, before I turned 18, I started working in the airport. Mm-hmm. And so I, at that time, you could get free passes for all your friends and everything. Yeah. So we used to jump on planes and then hotels were 75% off. Yeah. So I would literally call my best friends and be like, yo, we're going here. Let's go. And we ended up in Puerto Rico. We don't know nobody in Puerto mm-hmm. Rico. We only got one person on the trip that speaks a little I'm bit of Spanish, Spanish, right? And so we kind of got separated from the person that spoke a little bit of Spanish. And we ended up running into some people and they were like, so where are you from? But they're saying it in Spanish and we're like, Jamaica, literally doors opened up wide yeah, for yeah, us. Yeah, they were yeah. like, Jamaica? By Marley Beanie Man? We got you. We had no issues the rest of the time no, we were there. For real. Like, police escort to places. Like, it was 
the craziest thing I've ever seen, but it's built off the strength of what our culture has given other people. People, yeah. Our our music, our thought leaders, um, just the the entire I guess the the cultural aspects of who we are. Yeah. Um, from the outside looking in. From the outside looking in. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, some apples real pretty on the outside. Yeah. Then you cut them and you yeah. like, oh. Yeah, right, yeah. It's a little, a little off. But I don't know if we're rotten. I just think no. that we, there's a lockup opportunity and the trickle down effect doesn't take place. N- not at all. So an educational system that is not free to everyone. We know education balances things out. Mm-hmm. Um, you have um, you have classism that plays a role. The redistribution of assets to to the to the people who actually provide you with the assets mm-hmm. would be nice. So I do see some interesting changes taking place um, with our with the current um, leadership in Jamaica. And I'm actually hoping and praying that we see more adjustments because no, I, I agree. I mean, I, I follow it not as much as I should, but I read the Gleaner and the Jamaica Star here and there. And I mean, not entertainment news. I could care less about what Raijin King's doing in <laughs> fucking Mofe. I don't care. But now, nah, um, let's get back to uh, uh, Fort Lauderdale. Let's I don't because all right. So what what is your job essentially? Like I don't know. I know the bare. I, mean, I pay in my old age now. I pay more attention to politics, but I'm not like. I don't know. So I don't know shit. Essentially, you, you, so I'm still learning every day. Okay, but um, I appreciate the fact that you've taken the time to learn some stuff. Mm-hmm. And my responsibility is: there are 120 members in the Florida House of Representatives. Okay. There are 40 senators, right? So in total, that's 160, and the 160 is considered the Florida Legislature, right? So 160 y'all uh, to make a one law to pass laws. That's what we do, but actually, that's not truly what we do. The I truth- feel like it's too many people. So when you think about the fact that the state has 22 million people in it. Is 160 people too many people? Yeah, like I don't care. Why do we care what St. Augustine? See, because St. Augustine. Care, why do we care so about? Each state house district represents 160,000 people. So 120 representatives represent 160,000 people equally. Mm-hmm. So when you say you don't care about St. Augustine, they saying they don't care about Broward. Yeah, but it's not saying? the same. And and and. The reason we have 120 is because, and no matter what the state population size goes to, it, you will only have 120 districts. That's the max. Right. That's where we're at, 120. It, it gets adjusted and redrawn, but it, you're going to have 120. Mm-hmm. Um, and 40 senators. I don't think that's too many. In other states, you have tons of, of people in the legislature, and some states smaller amounts, um, but let you know what we do. So um, my only thing that I have to do by statutory law is yeah. balance the state's budget. That's the only thing I have to do. And the state's budget this year was $91 billion. So we have 91. You have to wait. So you wait, wait, wait. So you're in control of $91 billion? $91 billion. Just you? No, the 160 of us. Oh, okay. Got you. Yeah. Then y'all vote on shit. Correct. And I sit on four committees in the Florida House. I am the ranking Democrat on civil justice. I am. How could you embezzle some of that money? I just need like a little. I don't even need much. I just need like a little, like a little hundred grand. That's you, it. So the ninety-one billion dollars is your tax money. It's your money. So why can I get that? So this is the key. In order to be able to touch the money, mm-hmm. you actually have to have something that 
we want to take from you or buy from you, right? <laughs> or you have to provide a service mm-hmm. that works for it, right? So um, part of my mission has been to make sure that the grant and the the access to being able to do business with the state is more accessible to uh, micro companies, which is seven and under employees, right? Okay. Um, the like my company. Yes, like most companies in the state of Florida. Yeah. Um, you have to have you have to have like three million in in annual revenue before the state of Florida will even talk to you. So the mission at hand is to get that three million out. under the seven with seven employees. That's why Damn. you normally don't make it there because that's why I'm saying access to small micro mm-hmm. businesses. It's not most micro businesses don't see three million in revenue. There a year. are micro businesses. Yo, that's crazy. Right. So micro businesses do not. And that's why I'm trying to make sure it's more accessible mm-hmm. to us. Um, the other thing I have is a byproduct uh, or a, a part of what I am able to do is pass laws, change laws amend laws, remove laws. Mm-hmm. Um, that is also something that we can do as uh, state reps and state senators. Um, we also have the ability to um, to create, well, let me say this. The executive branch, we decide what the state's budget is. Okay. Right? So we lay out how we're going to spend money. Okay. And I sit on the Agricultural and uh, Agricultural Natural Resources Appropriations Committee, which is the second largest budget in the state's budget. That's all the oranges. And you think of oranges, but there's oranges, there's pine, there's there's there is land, there is cattle, there is there's so much to agriculture. Mm-hmm. You know, when you So you wait, so you give those uh, that money to like the farmers we give the the money is actually taken in from agriculture okay. and our natural resources which is our waterways and aquifers and those kind of things um, that money is then redistributed to fix issues such as your your you know planning out parks and fixing how fixing bridges and dealing with um well, not fixing bridges, but dealing with the issues of of how we drain the sawgrass, mm-hmm. um, our air, energy, all those things fall so under. So say, say like Florida wanted to go green, like more green like mm-hmm. California. That would fall that, under us. But okay. Yeah, all right. That would fall under us. So and then I also sit I'm on. Learning. I also sit on the Agricultural Natural Resources Policies Committee, which designs the policies that will help with the environment. One committee spends the money. So what are we doing about the fucking alligators and pythons in the Everglades? We have no like ecosystem. We actually have been working really hard to yeah. tag, trace, and annihilate them. So that's actually something that I worked on over the past two years. So yeah, you caught your guard with that one, huh? Huh? You think I know special shit like that? Ah, ah I, I be, appreciate I be you knowing. knowing. I be I, knowing shit. I no, but that knowing. is like a serious problem. So listen, the biggest problem is why do we let the pet stores sell them when we know Man, that they... But no. But let me just say this. Florida, I, I agree with you, but we got to keep Florida shit, Florida shit. And it would not be Florida shit if you couldn't go down to a store I buy a motherfucking lion for two grand. Like, it just wouldn't be Florida. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So, I, so the problem at hand is, uh, remember we talked before about the collective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want to worry about the pythons, but we still want to go in the store and be able to buy them. So the conversation at hand this year was, how do we combat these species that are coming in and taking away our natural environment? And um, no, they already took it. 
It's now. It's literally now alligator versus pythons. It's not even. And the pythons are winning. Yeah, and I, 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 I think, I think, and I hate to say this, but I think we need to introduce like pigs, warthogs into the ecosystem. We got warthogs naturally. We well, got warthogs to- right in Coral Springs. We got them. Oh, they need to turn up. Actually, they're there. We have wild boars. It's an invasive species, but we need that in the Everglades. So they're there. To balance, because there's just not as much as we need. No, we, they have a. But that's I, a. It's a problem in Texas and things like but that. But I will. But I will take back mm-hmm. what you just talked about to the Florida House in reference to yeah. introducing more of them okay. to see if that might be some way to combat it. But. All jokes aside, it's some them people that done bought the their kids that oh let me get them a cute little snake yeah. and then the cute little snake get real big and you have to pay too much money for the mouses and now yep. we got we got issues but we're tagging them we have um, mm-hmm. we have hunting festivals to go and yeah. get them yeah 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 but they're really smart they smart yeah because they know how to hide and they do they chill out and like and they snatch at them niggas white people's dogs and shit. All over Davy, alligators snatching up their little Davey, dogs. Davey snatching people too. Don't yeah. don't think they know oh, people missing. Bro, come on, man. <laughs> I remember um, post Hurricane Andrew moving to Miramar, and this is '92, so there was no mm-hmm. out west. Know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is pre Pembroke Pines days. Maybe one road. I used to think you had you a go, whole bunch of cattle out there. Come on, man. Them, mm-hmm. In forest. Yep, and the, I remember the so much damage from Hurricane Andrew. A lot of things got out. A lot of things spread. A lot of things traveled and migrated. And I remember living in River Run. Mm-hmm. For those who know about River Run, that's uh Miramar. So that's Miramar Parkway and Palm Avenue over there. So I remember legit alligator problems. Like yo, they eating up all the dogs. You know, and it was only time for they snatched up a kid. I think I I honestly think that's an underreported situation. This kid getting snatched up by alligators. Even one happened at Disney World a couple years ago. I, they brushed that shit on rug real quick. I think that, um, that the kids that were killed by alligators in the nineties did go underreported because they wanted people to move, move out yeah, west. Yeah. So if we told about then you have an issue. Like, even when you look at Coral Springs, Coral Springs is... <laughs> Parking? Oh, my God. It's Coral, crazy. Coral Springs is the gang capital of Broward County. I've heard this story. Right? But you never hear about gang violence in Coral Springs. No, I've heard that. Because they mute it. Yeah, but I've heard that story. It's true. That was like, yo, Coral Springs? Yeah, it is. So, so my thing is, the same way they mute that, yeah. Same way they muted the deaths of of people and kids during that time. But so that's what we do. And then I sit as uh, a member on health market reform. So uh, some of the things that we were able to change this year was the fact that pharmacists could test for certain things. So COVID nineteen tests that you can get at Walgreens. Mm-hmm. Had we not passed that law, you yeah. wouldn't be able to do that right now. So oh, that's so you can get it through the drive through. The uh, take home test? No, not the take home test. Like if like if you wanted to get tested uh-huh. for COVID nineteen, there's some Walgreens and Walmart well, to CVS's. do it. Okay, and I did see be, that. You wouldn't be able to do that had we not passed that law. Yeah. And then the other thing that we passed that was interesting is uh, telehealth, telemedicine, being able to do that. That uh, Zoom shit. Yeah. If if we hadn't passed that, you wouldn't be able to do that now. I don't know if I like that. Well, see, there's this is my thing. Um, there are specialists from across the country mm-hmm. that you would not have access to okay, if it okay, wasn't okay, for okay, Zoom, okay, okay, right? Okay. Like my okay. my therapist is in in Georgia. Yeah, she's 
the bomb. Like what you what you unpacking? Listen, in order to get better, you gotta unpack some stuff. You know, you gotta, you gotta, what, you gotta refold the things. What, what unpacking you doing in your blessed life that you had? You ain't want for shit. So, what are you unpacking? Let so, me know. So while I have to say that my story is a middle class kid story, right? Like I'm a middle class kid, right? Okay. Um, I I grew up in a very uh, demanding. Uh, Jamaican household. Yeah, you want for nothing though. What do you mean? You never wanted for anything. I had to work. I had a. Did you, you chose, never hear me say I had oh, yeah, but a you job? chose to work. No, 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 no. Anika, you did not have to work. You know, this is my thing. You know, and I'm gonna just clarify this right quick for you. I had to work because <laughs> I had expenses. There were things I needed to get right. <sighs> and my mom, as you know, Jamaican moms and dads, they're not giving you things just to go. I agree. Right? So you want, you know, they going to get you sneakers, mm-hmm. but you want you want the latest. Yeah. You know. I did you, I did not get those. Yeah, right. So my whole thing is I, you know, I didn't get a scholarship to college, mm-hmm. right? And my parents cashed in my my college fund. They was like, "Oh, sh- we going we going we going to buy us a new car on this." Or we gonna, we gonna yeah. do something special with this. Yeah. But so my whole thing was my mom was like, You didn't get a scholarship, you gonna have to work. You're gonna go to school and you're gonna work. I told her my first car, they was like, Oh, now you gotta pay car insurance. Told her my second car, they was like, Oh, now you gotta pay car now payment you, and car insurance. You gotta stop driving. So well, they bought you two cars essentially. Uh, essentially. Essentially. <laughs> essentially my grandma gave me my first car. Oh wow. You know, at sixteen I got a car. It wasn't Come brand on. new. Nah, I don't, just, I don't a need little, to be. A little yellow two-door Sentra. Come on, that's all you need. Yeah. Riding through the city. Yeah. Um, my second car, um, my parents uh, made me put it in my name. My mama was smart. Mm. Mm-hmm. But they did get me that one. Yeah. Um, but after that, it was all downhill from there. Downhill. All downhill. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got two chances, though. Can't be mad. Can't be mad. Nah, nah. We, we listen. I, I was, my, life was, my life was good. I can't yeah. complain. I, I vacationed every summer. Come on, see. You know what I mean? But that's what we sacrificed because I used to be like, why, why can't I get this? Why can't I get that? And that, when I look back at it now, I was like, damn, we traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. And I know kids that had J's on every day but never been out of, outside of day. I know the kids that never been to Disney World. I know a lot of kids never let, like, I know, I, and when I see that in, like, I can't, it blows my mind. It's exposure. Like, mm-hmm. your, your your parents sacrificed so that you would be exposed to so many things. Like, you're not brilliant all on your own. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that, it's the idea of, one, you know what it is to jump on a plane. Yeah. You know what it is to stand in line. You know what it is to have your, your passport scanned. You know what it is to go through immigrations and oh, customs. Right. And you know the, you know the, um, you know what it's like to stay at a resort. You know what it's like to go downstairs, order your food, sit at the table all by yourself with, you know, mom coming down a little bit. So you learn a little bit of independence on those resorts and on Mm -hmm. those trips, right? You know, the the foreigner coming home to hang out, you know, you can't tell, I'm sure you were like me. You can't tell nobody that you weren't like the most Jamaican kid in the whole entire world until you reach Jamaica and you realize, you realize you're you're a watered down version. Oh, very. Watered down version of the truth. Yeah. I don't even talk if I go down there. I'll just shut the fuck up. (laughs) I already look like I'm not from here. My cousin ain't with me. I'm probably not going to go. But I mean, last time I went, I was, I was, I was willy nilly. I was very free, but um, yeah, I was just like, Yes. Before I'm like, yeah, so, yeah, shut the fuck up. So, so when I used to go to Jamaica for the summer, um, I used to hang out with my cousins Keisha and Carrie Ann, um, and that's where I would stay. And 
they would use my accent to get us to skip the line to go into to parties. Yeah. So they'd be like, go smart, go talk to the security guard. Yeah. And I'd be like, what am I going to say? Like, you guys told me not to talk this whole time. Yeah. They're like, no, no, no. This is the moment you talk. Yeah. Because that accent will get us to the, the front, front of the line. And so I'd be like, hi. And they'd be like, oh, so you're from Ossetown. I'm like, foreign, foreign, you come from? Bypass. Whole crew got bypassed. It used to be nice. It, that, those were the parts. But other than that, I'd be like, they'd be like, what you want to eat? I'd be like, yeah. whispering it, right? But, um, you know. I want Island Grill. You want Island Grill? <laughs> right? I want like you got to sneak telling yeah. people, you know? And then when people realize that you're like, I remember when I used to come down every summer, like people would like meet. Like my cousin's friends would be like, Neeks is coming. And like, yeah. there would be like a whole crew of people that would come down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I could just like, she had one friend that used to always try to steal my white jeans. <laughs> like, like now nah, you can't have my white jeans. Like, first of all, they're mine. And I don't know if it was hard to get white jeans mm-hmm. at that time in Jamaica, but she's always trying to steal my Jamaica's white jeans. Jamaica's white. Yo, I don't even understand it. It's, it, I don't get it. Like, it's, I don't get it. But anyways, long story short, white jeans. I realized that Jamaican men really love white jeans though. Pond, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mm. found that out. I found that out <laughs> early in life. And I was like, that's why she always wanted the white jeans. Okay, all right, I'm done now. All right, so, all right, District 95, this Lauder Hill. How did you get? How did you get into politics? Like, so, so I have to, I have to drop this off. So I am a third generation uh, public servant on both sides. Mm-hmm. So, um, my grand aunt received an order of distinction from Jamaica the year I was born, 1978. Um, she actually redid the midwifery system in Jamaica, mm-hmm. um, and that's on my mother's. That's on my father's side. So um, Gwendolyn Umfroy Hyphen Spencer. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, my aunt got elected to office in 1996. That's Representative Hasley Rogers, 1996, which is the year I graduated from high school. Um, and my same grand aunt on my father's side, um, she actually got a hospital. Uh, neonatal award named after her the year I graduated from high school. That's lit. Her son became a member of his Democratic County Party and he got elected to uh, the county commission in uh, New York. Mm-hmm. And then um, then you have on my grandmother's side, my grandmother's first cousin was the mayor of the town that my family comes from and that's Alexandria in Jamaica. So mm-hmm. three generations and then you got me. So it's kind of something that I tried to avoid. Um, as you know, I'm, I'm pretty unconventional. I yeah. think that you've seen me go through multiple color changes in my yeah. hair. Um, I am not afraid to, uh, to roll up and put somebody in check. Oh, so, uh, so, so. Stories that I cannot share. Yeah. Memories, yeah. but I will never forget. <laughs> so I am, um, I tried to avoid running for office for a while, but, uh, there's a situation that took place in 2016 where the mayor of Lauderdale Lakes which is a part of our district ran for the state house and um, Lauderdale Lakes was actually on the verge of bankruptcy at the time because uh, of lack of proper management of city resources Mm -hmm. so um, what ended up taking place was they started moving taking out loans to pay payroll and taking money from the CRA and putting it into the general fund which Mm -hmm. is illegal in order to balance off the payments that were needed to go out. So fire, 
wasn't able to get paid police not able to get paid mm-hmm. services for the community unable to meet because one piss poor planning and then recession hit mm-hmm. right so you can't hide things anymore because everything's tight so um the mayor who was a very nice gentleman um who then became representative um i ran against him in 2016 when i realized that we were in in a mess um district 95 is considered the caribbean american district of the state mm-hmm. of florida but right? how did you how did you pick how did you know to pick that one or like how did how'd you... i know to pick it was the well it's the district that raised me castle elementary school a lot of hill district 95 that's okay. the elementary school i went to right so for me the park that i played in right vincent torres park yeah district 95 like the that's... one across the street from um it's closer to commercial, right? Nah, Vincent Torres Park is off of 441. When you cross over Oakland yeah. and you go past the Lake Small, it's on your right you hand side. It, you make a left. Okay, that's not different. That's a different park I'm thinking yeah, about. Yeah, it's it's right behind there and it's it's the the park and lakes. I mm-hmm. played netball in that park, you know. I ran I learned how to I played flag football in that park, yeah. right? Emotional ties. What? This is a community that raised me. I love yeah. it. Right? Yeah. So um I ran against him because he did such a horrible job of being mayor. Mm-hmm. So I was the last person to file um, in the race in 2016. And I gained a lot of endorsements from like different organizations, the Florida yeah. Medical Doctors, the the um, the Broward Teachers Union, all kinds of endorsements. So do you have to like raise your own money? Yes. Yes. How do you beg? Oh, that's the hard part because I don't like begging. Right. Yeah. But you can't spend your own money into this unless you got like hundreds of thousands. Right. Yeah. So you actually have to pick up your phone and call people. There's call time where you have to sit on the phone and call to ask people for them to support your campaign. Um, First time I ran, I think I put four thousand of my own dollars into the race, which doesn't sound like anything big. But for was, local, for local, that's a lot of money. And well, it's not local. It's It's state. People look at us, look at me as a, a local elected official, which in truth and in fact, if you look at the hierarchy of the state, uh-huh. ain't no part of me local. I am right next to the, you got the you got the Supreme Court of Florida, mm-hmm. you got the governor, and then you got the state legislature. Ain't no part of me local. Yeah. Okay. 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 On the top. Of I'm. The I'm, chain. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking uh, like Lauder Hill. Well, uh, oh, you've seen from our community, the yeah. community. So the community is. Wait. So you wait. 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 You ran for the state legislative office before you ran for the commissioner of law. I never ran for a city seat. I went straight to state. So how you run? How you in charge of Lauder Hill? Okay. Oh, this is your, you're running for that now. No. 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 So. All right, so I represent. Let me, let me. Let's, yeah. Come on, remember, so, I'm, okay. I'm. Okay, so I, I Fisher Price, Fisher Price. I represent a portion of seven cities. Okay. Okay, I never ran for local office. I never ran for city. I never ran for county. Mm-hmm. So you've got, you've got federal, then you got state, then you have county, and then you have city. Right. Mm-hmm. I never ran for city. I never ran for county. I ran straight for state. Mm-hmm. And the reason I ran straight for state is because I like being able to craft laws, right? And I like the idea of. I like the idea of balancing things and being able to bring resources back to my community. So I represent a portion of Lauderdale Lakes, Lauderdale Hill, North Lauderdale, Tamarack, Margate, Sunrise, and Plantation. So I represent a portion of seven cities. Okay, and so when you're running, when you're doing your campaigning, mm-hmm. th- that that space, that mm-hmm. geographical space is where you can get donations. No, I can get donations from anywhere. anywhere. But th- that's the 
you're you're supposed to pull from your community but the problem with the situation is when your community is hardworking people who work two to three jobs it's really difficult to raise a ton of money if you're not already connected um like my aunt was a city elected official city of Lauderdale lakes um before she ran for state so she had connections to business community and she had connections to uh lobbyists before she ran for the state right Mm. I did not have that luxury. Um, and I did not, um, I, I ran without having her blessings to run. So it was not an easy ride, right? Um, so the first time I ran, I raised my money from talking to my friends and my family members and they gave donations. And then of course my grandmother's domino crew, right? Nothing like a Jamaican grandma's domino mm, crew. My. Cause they, they're, I have 30 here goes the, and by the time you're done you leave you got like two thousand dollars you, yeah. you, you didn't expect it considering yeah. that they're retired they're on yeah. fixed incomes but they were the first group of people to be like we see you baby go 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 make yeah. it work right i think there's a there's a idea behind that because back in the day you know women the lifestyle of a woman women necessarily didn't get to pursue their passions and their careers mm-hmm. So like in a sense, they're living through you, and I and I saw that I did a podcast with my mom, and she was talking about it. You know, my mom, my grandma was a stay at home mom, five five daughters. Like she never worked a day in her life, mm-hmm. and I mean, saying that not saying motherhood is not a work, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. I know what you mean. But I'm pretty sure at some point in her time, she had different you know ideals of what she wanted to be and who she wanted to be, and. So they sacrificed that for their children. So I can say this. My my mother's mother mm-hmm. was a businesswoman. Yeah. She came from a very industrious family. Mm-hmm. Her mother was a landowner. Mm-hmm. Right. So imagine my grandmother was born in 1930. Mm. Imagine that her mother was an educated woman and a landowner. Right. So that's kind of the stock that I come from off the bat. Yeah. So. um. Well, your situation is very different and I, unique. I, but it generally. Is. But no, speak, no, I agree. Yeah. So let me, let me, let me yeah, carry yeah, this yeah. into into what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So I agree with you completely. Mm-hmm. I come from a different group of people in a certain extent, but my grandmother's crew, her domino crew, mm-hmm. I believe that hundred percent. I believe when I graduated from college, the older women in the community who were happily married as far as I could see, mm-hmm. right? Um, like my grandma's group, right? They all came up to me and was like, don't get married. Go have fun. Yeah. Um, they were like, don't get married, go have fun, explore the world. They all came to me individually, not to not all at the same time, yeah. but individually, and we're like, ah, here goes a card from me and um and um Uncle Tom. And we just want you to know, sir, we want you to do big things. Don't get married. <laughs> Go have fun. Lit. And they they all handed me like cards mm-hmm. and whispered something that was so similar. Yeah. And they were like, Go live. We never get that chance to go live. Yeah. And so I know now they wish they had told me at like 35 to stop living and like settle down. Uh, but uh, I'm 41. I'll be 42 this week on the 25th. Lit. We getting uh, faded. We getting I'm, fucked up I can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't get faded. I can't get faded. I have to survive to the 18th. Get... Um, but um, mentally, I'll be trying to get faded on some apple yeah. cider. My, oh, okay. Yeah, but um, so you're right. There are there are things that they want to accomplish that they weren't able to accomplish. My grandmother lost her mother at the age of six. 
Mm-hmm. So she didn't have a mom to navigate her through certain things. And her father was a was a businessman. He was an entrepreneur and a farmer, mm-hmm. right? So he didn't place a lot of emphasis on education. So I believe that if my grandmother's mother had lived, my grandmother would probably have like a PhD or a law degree or something like that. And she would have been probably a politician because it's in her natural makeup. So I think that you're correct. That generation of women didn't get to achieve all the things they wanted to achieve because of uh, family Mm -hmm. um, and wanting to make sure that their kids were okay. I even look at, let's say my mom's generation. And I remember my mom looking at me one day and saying that the one thing she wanted to do her whole life was to be a mom. Mm -hmm. It didn't register with me because that's never been my thought process. And I'm, and I, I, and I say that not to say like, I look down upon women who to see, to make that choice. But I want every woman to have a choice. So I I want everybody to have a choice. Everybody should have the choice of what they want to do with their life. But yeah. everybody needs to realize that there's a sacrifice for everything. Yeah. So yes, I you know I may never become a mom, right? And and the truth of the fact of the matter is I'm 42 this year. Mm-hmm. So I sacrificed having a family because I wanted to pursue my my ambitions and my dreams of being mm-hmm. a, an entrepreneur and being a politician. Oh, you look nothing like 42. And we appreciate way. every bit like, of, of that eternal father song that <laughs> has given me that opportunity. <laughs> like, to. I know you're older than me, but I'm just like, 40? Damn, what? So I, 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 I give thanks to my genetic um, pool and also, you know, I got my first gray hair like last month. Damn. I only got one. It just popped up right inside of my head. Mm. And I was like, but anyways, neither here nor there. But there's sacrifices to everything. Like, even if you want to become an elected official, there's a sacrifice to that. Mm-hmm. I spent 110 days of my life in somebody else's bed. 110. Yeah. Minimum. Not in my own bed. I spent 60 days fully confined to Tallahassee, unable to navigate home because I have to function in the capacity of balancing the state's budget and passing these laws. Yeah. It's a sacrifice to everything. People will look at politicians. I, I sacrifice having a personal life to a certain extent because mm-hmm. um, I can't say what I want to say. Because yeah. if I open my mouth, what I say is law and it's yeah. deemed, deemed yeah. as what it is, right? Which is sucks, right? Can't hang out with people like me all the time out in the bar. I mean, listen, I hang out with whoever I like. I feel you, but I, I get it. But, but. The truth of the fact of the matter is, is my friends are still my friends. Yeah. The people I love are still the people I love. So we can't, we can't go to G5. And the truth of the fact of the matter is, I can't go to G5. You know Damn. why I can't go to G5? Why? Because I can't go to G5. No, but I'm saying <laughs> but, a lot of people out there, they, they need your support. So, so, so listen. <laughs> they got a lot of money to donate so, over there. So it's not, it's not even a matter of. I'm lying, we in Broward. We can't go to Vegas Cabaret? All jokes aside, it's in my district. I should probably go there and say hi. Um, but. The truth of the fact of the matter is, is every move I make as a woman Mm -hmm. and a politician is a tricky one Yeah, because I balance out. And and you know this, I've always navigated real interesting. Like people don't walk up and hug me. Dudes, they they give me like before COVID-19, people are still giving me the fist bump they give dudes. Yeah. And I work really hard for that respect. And there's a reason for all of that. I think that I think that even though I was trying to avoid becoming an elected official, I knew in the back of my mind that I couldn't have everybody be like, yeah, man. But it's sleeping out of the blah blah blah. Yeah. Nah, I can't have that, right? Yeah. Because I knew that I couldn't afford a scandal later on in life, mm-hmm. right? And I think having my aunt get elected to office when I was a senior in high school um, changed the way in which I navigated for the rest of my life. Mm. Because 
um, I remember going to a party. I used to smoke cigarettes. Mm -hmm. So I went to a party and I was smoking my cigarettes. I like mom. I liked I like menthol cigarettes and I'm smoking my my Newport. Um, And before I could put my head on the pillow that night, that morning, good. Mm -hmm. There was a phone call uh, talking about how I was at a party smoking cigarettes. So I learned really quickly. I couldn't party in Broward. I had yeah. to party in Miami. Now, what do you do when your homeboys throw some of the littest parties ever, right? You got to go. You got to still go, right? But now you can't, you, you got to yeah. make sure that you're not in the photos and you can't, yeah. you can't learn to bubble to the ground. I mean, granted, I was an avid dancer. I was a ballet, I danced ballet, jazz, tap. Um, and I do know how or did know how to bubble on my head top. Right. Because we were part of an African dance troupe that mm -hmm. also fused in dance hall. Yeah. So I knew how to do all those things that everybody else was doing. But I was only allowed to do that on a stage yeah. for a cultural event. Right. Yeah. But so people would be like, man, maybe she couldn't dance. No. Oh, I can dance. Mm -hmm. But I knew that that behavior would end up. Um, and this is before social media was really yeah, popping. Was. Right. You only had the websites that used to have the pictures on it. Yeah. I got tons of pictures. Yeah. yeah on yeah. websites. But you'll never catch me in a compromising position because I had an idea of where I wanted to go. Yeah. Right. So my outfits were always very interesting. I did have interesting outfits. Yeah. Um, but I knew that I couldn't have uh, I couldn't have certain things. So uh, have I or would I ever go to G5? I don't see it's my a birthday. problem with G5. It's my birthday. My issue at hand is I couldn't be stuck with anybody like whining near me because then that would be a problem. But I could definitely we gotta go. We got to support single mothers. We got to support women in every... They have disposable income. Every career path they want to go through. They have disposable income to donate to the campaign. Let's, let's just say this. All jokes aside, I told I had this conversation with my homegirls once. We're, we're uh, about... If we had known what we knew now, how we would navigate it differently. Mm -hmm. And um, not a running joke, but real truth. We sat down and we were like, we saw the stories of women who actually used to strip, who put themselves through college mm -hmm. and then put themselves through law school because the circumstances of their lives were different than the circumstances of our lives. So I know a couple of people who were escorts who are now sitting in somebody's courtroom as a judge. Oh, I know. I know some too. All right. So I know. That, I know. I know. Oh, okay. All right. I, so, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with so you. So my whole thing is no shade at all in regards to whatever anybody has to do to make sure that their life runs correctly. Um, but I know that people use whatever they can against me. Right. I have mm. an opponent right now in my race who's telling people I'm a fake Democrat, telling people that that I don't care about my district. Yeah. Right. And ain't never vote in my district. She live over in nineteen in District ninety four, ain't got nothing to do with my part of town. Yeah, demographics completely different, and now she's telling people she's Jamaican. I mean, I thought she was from St. Kitts and Antigua. When did you become Jamaican? Like, so you know, being y'all should y'all should have a a debate. Yeah. You want to host it? No, uh, I guess I could. I have to be very I, nah because I'd be biased against you because I know you so much. I have to be like I'd be a little I'm, I'm on her side. It. I'm not saying. Let's do it. Let's line it up. I'm not saying. Can we really do that? Yeah, you can do that. You could have your own community debate. Yeah. You how can. could I? No, I can't. That's illegal. No, it's not illegal. I'm wild. I don't have. I don't know how to. Uh. My thing is, I'm gonna be you, cursing let, and shit. I'm gonna, me, I want to drink Appleton while it's let, all going down. So, like, so listen, you you've seen. I think that we give 
far too much respect yeah to 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 the blandness of of human life right so i have to conform a lot of how i navigate because of who i am now mm-hmm. and wh- who i am now is not anika that's the issue anika 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 is interesting like she always yeah. has been yeah. but I'm a representative I represent 160,000 people and so my responsibility is to always re- represent them in the best manner possible okay, gotcha. right I'm with you. so I'm it's with not you. it's it's not that do you, you see? Do you, you see when you ask me if I was interested in politics, why I can't be a politician? You could definitely be a politician. I want to go to the strip club forever. Lots of people go to the strip club forever. My colleagues go to strip clubs all the time. I'm just saying I don't want to be stopped because I represent 160,000 people. A, well, unfortunately, you're a man. Oh my! Thing, I don't. I don't believe things, it. I don't. I'm not. I don't. I understand it, but I don't believe you're it. You're a girl dad, and and you 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 are a feminist. You love your mom. <laughs> You've, you've always a been feminist? extreme. You are a feminist. You are. Let me tell you why you're a feminist. Okay. You said, I don't want to believe that what's not, what's good for me is not good for you. Right? Yeah. And that's all, all we, all that is necessary in life is for there to be balance. Right? I don't want to be you. I don't want to be a man. Right? I just want to have the respect of my thoughts being valued as much as yours. Mm-hmm. My actions and my work being valued as much as yours. And so when I say that you're a feminist, I'm not trying to say that in a negative way. What I'm saying oh, okay. is that is what you are in your actions. I mean, I, I, I agree with you, but I mean, I'm always down to hear a woman out on certain topics. Yeah. But there's something like, nah, shut up. <laughs> just like so, just like me speaking about something only women can, I can never, I just know like, I'm just shut the fuck up. So, so. That's well, not my place. I can't speak on that. Are you, to, to speak on that, when I can go to Anika, I can go to my mom, I can go to Woman of Intelligence. I am not going to even go on that period. Hey. So, so you are, you, what you're saying in essence is that the things that we go through as women, mm-hmm. you're not going to speak on them because you're not a woman. I'm not a woman. And vice versa. The things that, and I, I agree with you, the things that you go through as a man, I don't understand. And so I don't think I should speak on them either. Yeah. Right. So that's just understanding your the dynamics of your your how do you say this it's just understanding your knowledge a, base i have a lot of I, I, you're one thing, exposed yeah I, that and i have a lot of nuance and i feel like i might not agree with a lot of people but i always feel like i can take i can get one thing from you that i can apply to my life that i like so do you know why i think that you would make a great uh politician it's because you have the ability to listen I would be wrapped up in sex scandals. No, you wouldn't. I'm telling you. No, I know you me. I know you, me. You would if you if you decided to become a politician, you would make you would make sacrifices. And the sacrifice would be that you would get willing partners who would not let you into a scandalous situation, right? And what I mean by that is you just have to navigate differently. Like, Bro, I'm not trying to be in no entanglement. <laughs> so let me just say something to you, right? I have yet to watch that interview. Bruh, but wild. every time, every single time I hear the word entanglement, I get traumatized. Because I'm like, I'm like, did Jada say entanglement? She did. And I listened to her say it and I, I swear I heard Will say, What does that mean? Yeah. But alright, so I watched it, right? I didn't watch it. So and and the, my thing was I was like, this is the wildest shit I've ever seen. Like, if the double standard involved, I imagine Will, 
dating a younger woman, a young woman with mental issues taking her advantage and fucking her. My nigga, that's it's crazy. So that's wild. When, when the reason I didn't watch and it. And then, was, wait, wait, let me finish, nigga. Mm-hmm. Then I found out from, I don't know if it's 100% true, but they said that. I don't want to say on her dad's side, Jada is Bayesian and Jamaican. Jada's mom is Jamaican. All right, family. so that makes sense. Yeah, Jamaican parentage. Right, then them women to give a man button like that. I like so, that is so, that. I was like, you know what? This makes sense now. I'm not even so, that mad. I so, get it. So all jokes aside, he should have known better. So all jokes aside, when I heard the story, I was like, yeah, she is. She her mama people them Jamaican. So this makes this 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 makes a little more sense yeah. than than not. It also makes sense as to how she looks mm-hmm. right meaning that jada jada's mom is an amazing oh my God. pristine shape bad what yes um all jokes aside i was like mm. i thought my mom was was hot yeah. stuff but i was like jada mom take it to a whole nother story yeah. right um but when i looked at the situation i was like boy all jokes aside we don't know what will's done right yeah but the fact that will sat there through the whole thing and loved i i don't think that to me when I when I listened to that alright so I saw the Breakfast Club interview yeah I didn't see it and then I saw that I didn't see it and like the way he loves her is ridiculous so when I no watched- man no man no Jamaican man is sitting <laughs> yo <laughs> no Caribbean man from any island is sitting through that so let me just say this I don't know if I agree with you I think I don't want to love a woman like that. I think, That's scary. I think that, well, I think that what we consider love mm-hmm. has limitations. Yeah. And I think that the way in which um, there's a backstory to that whole story. Of course. Right. So there's more to that than just that. Mm-hmm. Like, but I look at the situation. I'm like, all right. Um, Will looks at Jada as not just his wife significant other the mother Mm -hmm. of his children she's also his business partner Mm -hmm. right which adds another level to it yeah and um he respects her as a human being right we know that something happened for him and her to kick off the way they kicked off right i don't know if i would have sat through that interview like it's one thing to know say your woman slept with you brought this person into the house this is your child's friend right your child's uh, friend is sick and suffering, right? Yeah. And then he gets better. You and your husband kick off. Now, our family resources went to help make him better, right? Yeah. Now, we kick off. Yeah. You decide that this individual who definitely needed help uh, is now something you want to be entangled with. Yeah. Right? It doesn't make any sense to me on multiple levels, but I also understand that we are flawed mm-hmm. and i also understand that um that i can't really judge her situation because i'm not her i don't have her lived experiences but i don't know if i could have sat on tv and did an interview with my wife who slept with my children's friend right. um who, who told the world that i gave him a blessing a blessing bruh and my thing is i think that what he was talking about about the blessing part was that Will was just like he had checked out of their mm-hmm. relationship um, based on what he said in the little snippet I saw on Shade Room because I do like the Shade yeah, Room. Yeah, yeah. Keep um, up the date. Shade Room baller alert. Young young 
YBF. I like them. YBF. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yo, wild. But you know what my real problem is? Her choice. She could have. She could have gotten into an entanglement with you. You wouldn't have told nobody. Damn right. You would have told. Because I'm no a real one. side nigga. Right. Like, see, so your choices. So nice. Them light skin niggas, man. They shaky, man. I'm t- telling y'all. You're not that brown. You're not that brown. Nah, but I'm brown enough yeah. not to do no yeah. shit like that. You're not that brown. You're Listen, brown. I've been a side nigga, and I'm currently currently a side nigga right now, and I hey. know my role, bro. Hey, and so, I would never so, ever disrespect put her in any situation. So not everybody knows their roles. So if you decide to go into politics, you would have to make sure everybody understood their roles. And then you also have to make sure that the person that you were getting into your entanglements with understood that, well, they need to have more to lose than you do. Mm. Right? And you have to look at everybody like an asset and a liability. And I think that just in our conversations earlier before this, we had some conversations about assets and liabilities. And you got to know who an asset is and even some of the assets have liabilities. You got to judge which which category they fall into. But mm-hmm. you got to judge everyone as an asset and liability. And um, and I think that you would be able to still navigate through this process as long as you were single. No one can judge what you do when you're a single person in politics. Right. The key is single. Now, if you're married, that can't work. But if you're single, hmm. sky's the limit. All right. So let's let's focus on. August 18th like what are you running for what are you about what are you standing for and I, and then after that we can talk about how realistic it is to get you and your running partner on like a legit podcast hey you get three minutes you get five and I'll set it all up and then we just can sit right here and just sit face to face and just voice our opinions when I said you should host it I didn't think you should moderate it I think you should host why should it. I not moderate I can moderate I know you can moderate, but you said you'd be biased. So No, I'd be a little bit biased towards you because I have to be tough on you because I know you. Oh, so you got that Jamaican bias. No, Jamaican bias. Jamaican bias mean that you're harder on the person that you know than the people that you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Understood. Understood. All right. So then it would be okay. All right. Then you could do this. Yeah. Um, All right. So... All right, so you want and the to- fact that I don't know really know nothing helps the whole situation. Well, my thing is you can ask real questions. I know I can, now, but there's people that like some of the things that people running on. Yeah. <laughs> you, I, I'm, I'm looking at them like. So, so listen. I understand the sea turtles are important, but how about we need money back our yard, and we need not to have bridges that are breaking down, and we need to have. Uh, you know, services provided to our grandparents who are now getting older mm-hmm. and need help, right? Like the sea turtles, we ain't got no sea in Central Broward. There's no yeah. sea here. Them sea turtles important though. Sea turtles are important, but that should be important to the people that Hollywood, live on the coast. Hollywood, Daniel Beach. Right, yeah. So when you're running on a platform, Fort what, uh, is your Fort Lauderdale Beach? I have no part of Fort Lauderdale. Okay, okay. So my thing is, are sea turtles important? Yes. When you get to Tallahassee, fight for your sea turtles. But you better not be running on a platform about sea turtles when grandma don't have access to proper transportation to get to her her um, dialysis. Thank you. <laughs> I need you to, to stay focused yeah. and, and climate change is extremely important and should be a part of everyone's focus. But the reality of the situation is you have people that are underbanked in our community and don't have 
access to being able to build credit or access to being able to, to change your situations and circumstances. So please don't tell me about no darn climate change mm-hmm. when grandma not on the AC and the climate is hot outside. Yeah. Yeah. Climate change is important though. It is important. But all right, all right, so so you're running for District 95, Lauder Hill. Like, mm-hmm. what are you running on? Like, wh- when I say, yo, wh- why should I vote for a nigga? So my- why should I vote for a nigga? Because I want to vote, not because I know her and I love her. But why Aww. should I vote for you? So why you should vote for me is, one, in my first two years of being in office, I was able to get $2,525,625 into the budget for District 95. Okay? I am... There's a couple of strikes against me. All right, all right, go ahead. Let me explain. There's a couple of strikes against me. One, I am a woman. Mm -hmm. Two, I am black. Three, I'm a freshman. Yeah, but you fine though. Four, I'm a Democrat. But you pretty. I appreciate that. Are we are we we gonna are are we gonna acknowledge pretty girl privilege at all? Are we gonna acknowledge that? Because you say you're a woman, but balance out. No, you're an attractive woman. So like you gotta give me both sides. So okay, so you're correct. In the sense that there is a certain privilege that comes with being an attractive person, right? Yeah. But there's also a vice that comes with being an attractive no, I person. I get it. I agree. So navigating through, I, let me get you through the appropriations process. Right. You're the appropriations chair, right? Okay. You control the money for everyone in the state legislature. Mm-hmm. And I need to get you to understand the importance of why I need my projects in my city. Okay. Why I need... Um, why I need a new uh, canal situation because if not, the homes in my community are going to flood. Why I need an Alzheimer's care center to have an extended, um, to extend the service area. Hours so that, and stuff like that. Okay. Right. And why I need, um, I need a fire station to have uh, new training so they're prepared for moments like this with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Right. I have to come to you and have the conversation about these things. There are, there are sub chairs for every appropriations committee um, and the sub chairs control their particular area. So agriculture has a, a committee, transportation has a committee. Um, you have a committee for, um, <clears throat> you have a committee for, for banking and insurance. Yeah. Like, there's a committee for different things, right? Okay. So, okay. so I, I hear this. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that's so much shit. How does anything get done? Ah, because every committee has, has members on it and uh-huh. their jobs is to focus in on these particular areas. Okay. So I have four committees, right? That you talk to to try to get stuff from. I have four committees that I serve on that I have other people come to me to ask me for stuff. In this district 95? In, no, in the state. Oh, okay. Got right. you. All right. I'm hip. I'm hip. I'm hip. I'm okay. catching. I'm learning. I'm learning. Okay. I'm learning. All so right. So keep I going. Have, I have to go talk to the appropriations chair yeah. of transportation because I need new roadways, right? Okay. That's- and I have to go to him and I have to say, hey, um, Chair Trumbull, District 95 um, has a, a bridge that's failing and I, I need to get this bridge fixed and this is why. So I come to, to Chair Trumbull with a list of things mm-hmm. of why this bridge is important to my district, mm-hmm. right? Now, people say, oh, she's a Republican. No, I know how to talk to Chair Trumbull about my community so that Chair Trumbull understands the needs of my community. So I have to relate to him on what he cares about. He loves his community, right? Mm-hmm. So I talked to him about my community and why I love my community. Talking to him like a little bit more. Sorry. Yeah, you're good. I talked to him about why I love my community. He loves his community and we make that connection. Yeah. So I'm really good at connecting the small pieces. I'm the ultimate diplomat. Mm-hmm. So I get through Jay and Jay says, yeah. Oh, I'm calling him Jay. Chair Trumbull. I said, Chair mm-hmm. Trumbull, this is what I need. Blah, 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 blah. Chair Trumbull says, okay, 
I can put this into the budget. You need 500,000. I can put 150 in there, but you're going to have to talk to, um, you're going to have to talk to Slim to get the rest of your money. Right. Yeah. So Jay gets me in, right. My Mm -hmm. line item is in there. I'm almost there, but then I got to go talk to you. So now I have to go and figure out how to relate to you to get you to understand why Jay helped me get in the budget and why you need to raise my budget. Right. So it's kind of like being a teenager navigating through your parents to get that car. How long, how long is that process? 60 days. It takes 60 days of going through. I have to first come to the committee that I want money from talk to that committee. Then they will agree with me being a part of a, all right, let me break this down for you. All right. So the cities send me a list of things that they want. Okay. Right. I four cities. Uh, I have represent a portion of seven cities, but four cities ask me for everything for something every year. Mm-hmm. So the four cities that ask me for something are Lauderdale, Lauderdale Lakes, North Lauderdale, and Tamarack. Okay, the other three cities never ask me for anything, which is fine. Sunrise, Plantation, mm-hmm. and Margate never ask me for anything. Um, so I get this list. I talk to them about this list. I tell them what I think will work best based on uh, what the legislature has mapped out because they kind of tell you what they want to do, right? And then you also look at what the governor has dealt with, what the governor has approved and what he's vetoed, right? So you have to navigate through all those nuances. Mm. I think that me being an entrepreneur has helped me to understand those nuances and be able to relate quickly to people and situations. So I get this list. I tell them, no, I'm not doing, I can only do two from each one of your things. I'm not taking your 50 projects because your 50 projects aren't going to make it through. I have to be very clear and concise about what mm-hmm. needs in my community are. So I get this list. I then have to stand before a committee of 12 people and explain to them why my community needs this. And they can do a couple of things. They can say yes to it. They can say no to it. Or they can say, they can vote yes to approve my project or no to approve my project. But once I get the project approved, the next step is to actually get it on the agenda. Yeah. Right? Now. All this in 60 days. All this in 60 days. All right. Right? So the good thing about being a black woman in the Florida house is there's not many of us. The good thing about being attractive in the Florida house is. There's not many of y'all. Every politician is attractive <laughs> in their own right. But oh, people, you're so political. But people, <laughs> but people think that I'm younger than I am. So they have a tendency to want to help me. Uh, right. Bet. So my colleagues have a tendency to think that I'm in my early 30s mm-hmm. and don't realize I'm actually probably like a year off from their age mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. So what ends up happening is um, I then have to go to the chair and say, hey, Chair Rashine, you know, I need, you're the chair of agriculture. I need um, these two water projects because my community will get flooded if it doesn't get approved, right? Then if it floods, we're going to cost us more money. Correct. Mm. So you always have to relate everything back to the state. Mm. So if it floods, it affects State Road 7, right? So State Road 7 is a state-run road. Mm -hmm. The state wants to make sure that people who are traveling that road have access to it, right? Oh, that's where someone's shit on here. Ah, so 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 I have to I have to relate everything back to how it benefits the state to help, That's and my cities have to match what the state's going to do. Okay. So if the project costs a million dollars, the city has to say I will give five hundred thousand, and the state has to say I'll give five hundred thousand. Mm. There are projects that get approved that do not have matches, but it's very rare. 
right? So anyways, that is the first part of it. So I talked to Chair Rashine. Chair Rashine says, okay, Anika, I can put you in for 150, but you're going to have to ask the chair of all appropriations Mm -hmm. to bump you up to the $500,000 that you need. So then I have to sit down, meet up with you. First, I got to do some intel. I got to find out all the things that are important to you Mm -hmm. because now I have to come in here and have a conversation with you and find the connecting points so that you understand me and understand the needs of my community. It's hard. That is very hard. It's hard. And then I have to pray like hell that it makes it through the entire appropriations process. So I got four things into the budget last this session that just passed, right? Four projects. One project for Lauderdale, one project for North Lauderdale, one project for Tamarack, and one project for Lauderdale Lakes. Yeah. I sit on a special committee that deals with the, that deals with uh, how the Senate and the House come together to discuss this money, right? It's called a silo, the appropriations silo. Mm-hmm. All the people appointed to the appropriations process get to come together and discuss how this money is going to be divvied out. So then I have to protect my money for the whole time we have appropriations silo. So they don't give it to somebody else. If you miss it, that means they will call you at 12 o'clock in the morning and you got to pop up, make your way into that building to make sure your money ain't gone. Yeah. So, yes, being attractive is helpful. But there's also a balancing act because if I smile, kiki and laugh and giggle, somebody's going to want to rub on my leg. I don't want nobody rubbing on my leg. Right. Okay. The reality of it is right. Somebody tried rubbing your leg before. The reality is oh my God. people will want to rub on your leg and so it, it gets tricky. You know, it gets really tricky. I don't know. I always tell my friends all the time, like my not only having a daughter, but working in radio, being a somewhat of a public figure. You are a public figure. And representing a bigger brand than yourself. I tell people all the time, like my a lot of my, you know, Jamaican ways <laughs> I have to be very aware because I've known people especially when you're dealing with like the LGBT community you know I like I remember being on radio all the time being out just being out and about on a regular people just knowing you then more people see you more people that can reach and get to you so like you know when gay dudes start like sliding my DMs and being very brave in public and seeing a friend of mine lose his job, suspended for making comments or voicing opinion on a particular situation, that scared me. And like a dude talking to me, and I'm not into dude, it's very uncomfortable. So I'm very, now I don't even like talking to women, it's fucking terrifying because all I can think about how uncomfortable I felt then I'm like, yo, have I ever in my fucking life made someone feel like this? Oh, I feel disgusting. So for it bothers me. I don't. Anika, seriously, I don't even feel like I, I don't even want to talk to him sometimes. Most times I don't. I just like to look. Cause so so let me just say this. Um, I am glad that you looked at how you felt when someone made you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And put that into your value system so you wouldn't make someone else uncomfortable. Just don't talk to him. Right. So <laughs> so it's it's. It's tricky because for me, um, I don't get the same respect from some of my colleagues that I would get 
that a man would get from some of my colleagues, mm-hmm. right? So when I walk into a room to do something, um, I'm always mindful of how I used to navigate through the parties back in the days because mm-hmm. it's kind of the same scenario navigating through politics, right? Yeah. So um, I know there there are certain people that that don't know how to behave themselves. And so I don't hang out. Yeah. Session over, I'm in my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But people still try to like say that you're doing this or you're doing that because they're trying to make themselves feel better and trying to make you look like the reason you were able to do things you were able to do is because you slept with somebody or you talked mm-hmm. to somebody or you dated somebody. Maybe because that's what they did. Yeah. But I know the value of keeping my stuff to myself because it's worked really well for me. Like yeah. I still getting free to stuff. I know, but see, this is of, why I cannot be a politician because I would definitely knock down female politicians and get my shit through. No, you it's wouldn't. For the, yes, it was for the greater good of my city and my district. No, you wouldn't. No, you. So you telling me? I was like, Slim. If they, if they are a willing partner and want to participate in this process with you. If it's the difference between a hundred grand and a million dollars for my city, yeah, I'm knocking it down for a mil. So, so let me just say this. <laughs> I, I do not. Um, That's just me though. But I, I know that they, but I get everything I want from my people and I don't knock down nobody. Man, it's a win-win situation, I guess, for myself. Men are different. Yeah. Well, I would never present it. Like, they would have to come to me, but I, I'm well, doing Well, you, you would fit in perfectly in Tallahassee because the stories that I've I've witnessed, the things that I've witnessed. loose. It's so loose. It's so loose. I love it. It's so not. No, I don't love it. I love it. It's I like mean, a 60-day, like, getaway Cold Island That's retreat. That's what you think? Yeah. So. And, so. That, and those, those things, I've been watching those little things sometimes on, on a C-SPAN. I'm like they gotta be. I know they get fucked up after this because it's so, it's so much is going on. So much decisions they made is very high stressful, especially for people that really, like really love their job. It's high stress, and and there are moments where like some people have full on liquor cabinets in their offices for for moments. Um, I couldn't understand my first session why everybody was so at peace, and I was like wound up, and then I found out that they weren't drinking. I found out that. Um, that those coffee cups it don't always coffee. have coffee in it. Facts. Right? And it, I found that out late because yeah. I was like, dang, somebody could have told me. But um, we do have breaks in between. Um, we, we, you know, we, for the most part, we take our job really seriously. I think that we genuinely care about the people of the state of Florida. No, nah, I believe it. But it's a lot of work. And, and what people don't realize is they see me and they see, like, I have people... Yo, just think about it. Some people hug a little too tight. So I understand how you must feel when people jump in your DMs and uh, yeah. talking reckless. I got people in my DMs and I'm just like, this is crazy. And I- I'm a hugging ass nigga though. Yeah. I'm an affectionate, I'm a hugger. My mama hug me. We just come from affectionate fa- family. So I know for me. It's an adjustment. Yeah. Major one. Because it doesn't come, it doesn't come from. Come naturally. I, yeah. I'm So I have to be aware like, because I don't, I'm don't, I never think like that. Mm-hmm. It's not natural for me to think like that. So Wanda's like, yo, some human being, be kind, be, show love, whatever, whatever. But you can't be like that. So I'm not, I don't come from an overly affectionate family. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most affectionate person in the family is my brother. He's a hugger. Um, Bobby is a hugger. Bobby's a hugger. Yeah, Bobby. But Bobby's also like, Bobby's the, the person. I, I told him if he ever had a show, show, it would be called Everybody Loves Bobby. You know everybody how they loves, say, that's Bobby. Yeah, like other people have like everybody hates Chris. Yeah. It would be everybody loves Bobby, yeah. right? Um, 
Bobby is uh, the hugger in the family. He's the type of dude that would, when he was a little kid, he would lie and say that there was a barbecue where all it really was was my mom was going to make us some hot dogs. Mm -hmm. And Bobby would call everybody and tell them how there's a barbecue and tell them what dish to bring. Mm -hmm. And before my mom knew what was going on, that everybody pulled up with dishes. And next thing she knows, she having a barbecue. Mm -hmm. That was Bobby. So like for him, that whole hugging, you know, being close to people, that's Bobby. Me now, I'd be looking at people like, what you touching me for? Mm. Like no, don't touch me. Like I'm that, gonna give that's you a me. Hug before you leave today. Yeah, COVID nineteen is real. <laughs> uh, I got test. You remember when I called you the other day? I got tested. I'm straight. So let me ask you a question. How long did it take for you to get your test? Oh man, it was it was like too fucking long. Okay, if you had gone to the one I told you to go to, this is after the fact. Forty-eight I hours. Had, listen, I was very broke at the time. I was stressed out. It was free. No car. I was just going through a lot. It was yeah, free. I know, but I had already committed to drive to Delray. My car, was, my and little the, Honda, and, was and overheating. The, and the gas went. I wasted gas. Because my homeboy, my homeboy called. I didn't. I should have called you first. But we had this conversation over the phone before. I fucked up. But end of the day, and it's so funny because he went to urgent care and I got my test results like two, three days. Yeah, so so my my mission in life is to ensure that you don't have to drive all the way to Delray. Yeah, I don't pines though. I shouldn't even have to drive the fucking. Well, you should you could have gone to the um to the CB Smith Park. Yeah, but I was already on that side of town. But all right, let's let's just jump. I know we're kind of over the place. And you know, I just when I realized this conversation that we're having, I'm like, yo, an hour and a half. Two, it's sorry. not it's not enough. I need more time. <laughs> You need more time? We need more time. We're going to do, do a, We're going to do like a part two. We can do a part two. We can do a part two. But, but I want you to just wrap up about the uh, COVID-19, what you're doing for the city as far as COVID-19. So I know that... Your initiatives. My initiatives for my district has always been an economic platform. So mm -hmm. it's for me, it's all about how do I bring more resources back to the community. So the things that I, I worked towards um, 2019 and 2020 was uh, census complete count because that's all about making sure that we have the proper representation in the Florida House of representatives and making sure that we have the correct representation in the U.S. Congress because your representatives bring back resources to your community. And if they're not, they're not doing their job. Right. Um, so that's one of my things. The other thing is access for micro businesses to be able to to do business with the state of Florida yeah. and to also receive grants to assist with the growth of their companies. Right. Mm. You notice large companies get tax breaks. Well, small companies, micro companies need tax breaks, tax breaks also. Mm. The other thing I worked really hard on is to have financial literacy and health literacy be a part of everyday life for children in Florida, starting in kindergarten mm -hmm. all the way through graduation. Because if you knew the things that you know now, oh, yeah. where would you be right now? Like you would, yeah. you, you know, so financial literacy and health literacy, health literacy came about because I had a conversation with the Broward medical doctors um, when they interviewed me in 2016. And I told them about my, my, my financial literacy plan for, for the kids of Florida and, um, and the students of Florida. And they were like, can you add health literacy? Because it was, I was interviewed by, five medical doctors, four of them were surgeons. And they were like, listen, we do surgeries for a living and we love what we do, but we're tired of opening up people that if they had just had the right tools for how they're supposed to eat, wouldn't be on our tables. Yeah. So, you know, we've been- Black people hate going to the doctor though, boy. Hate going to the doctor, but they weren't talking about black people alone. Mm -hmm. They were talking about, they were talking about everybody. Yeah. The fact that we were, the health pyramid that we were taught in school and how we were supposed to eat, we were taught incorrectly. So we need to fix that. Cause you can't be, you can't be, you gotta be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Yeah. You ain't got the healthy, you ain't wealthy. 
simple so that was one of the things that i worked on the other thing i worked on was banning the box that um deals with when you go to apply for a job Mm -hmm. they automatically ask you if you've ever been arrested or if you've ever if you have any prior convictions well that stops people from being able to access they're like being able to navigate through their future plans like if automatically before i walk before i can even get through the door good you Mm -hmm. asking me whether or not i have a criminal record you're automatically going to move me into another pile right so i want to ban that statewide i don't want anyone to have to go through that question initially now i do understand that if you're dealing with high stakes securities that we can't have you if you robbed a bank working in a high stakes security firm it just is what it is right but that should be something that's taking place at the very end, when somebody has looked at you, has decided that you are a proper candidate, mm-hmm. then you can have that discussion with them about what happened and what took place. But see, that's the word. Now, see, the uh, easy fix for that is like stipends, tax breaks, or small grants for micro businesses that hire people out of jail. That happens now. <laughs> the problem is that our small companies don't know about it. Hmm. So the other day I had a conversation with Dutch Pot, the owners of Dutch Pot. Yeah. If you're wondering why my signs are outside Dutch Pot, yeah. is because um, I fostered a relationship with them from 2016. Do you get free food all the time? I do not get free anything from Dutch Pot. What if they fucking tripping? No, but why would I get free food from Dutch Pot? You know, the valuableness of Dutch Pot and what they've done for the community is Dutch Pot has over 300 employees, right? Yeah. They took their employees from getting paid $8.50 an hour to mm-hmm. getting paid $13 an hour. I need to work at Dutch Pot. In July of last year. And to me, one of my missions is to change the income levels of the people in my community. Mm-hmm. So what Dutch Pot did that move, what they did was shift. Oh, that's why fucking curry goat is $14 over there? Well, listen to me carefully. Jesus Christ, the, the, man. the price of curry goat went 50 up. cents for oxtail gravy? Yo, the, the price, don't get me started. No, those prices changed recently because of COVID-19 and the fact that there's so much more that has to be put into stuff. It did not change. It changed recently. It just changed. It just changed. It just changed. But you know what? You roll through the Pollo Tropical and they tell you that you got to pay 50 cents extra for sauce. You pay for it. Never, never. You do? Pollo, Pollo would never. They do. No, I never. They charge extra for stuff. No, I never in my life. Pollo does. KFC does. I don't go to KFC. I'm I'm lying on them. But people, people charge extra for sauce. Oxtail great. This is make oxtail cheap again. Listen. So, so I, those are no, my platforms. And I had to go from, I want a curry goat. I had to go down to curry chicken that day. And the only reason I had to go because the little homeless man was outside and I bought him a red pea soup. First of all, the little homeless man to be outside. Well, the, you want the one right here? They Listen, they be outside. It, you got to realize they hustling you. That's fine. You, you know what? I ain't mad because... When I walked by, I thought he was putting his cell phone back in his pocket. I was yeah. Like, Nigga, listen. What? Listen. First of all, not no disrespect intended, but I saw him coming from up the street. The one with no teeth? Yeah. All right. Yeah, some, yeah. some, some of them. There be a couple of them. They be yeah. going on rotation. I yeah, be wondering yeah, if they yeah, live yeah. at the same crib. But, um, but I'm mad at myself for this. But all jokes aside, uh, we need to do like there's so much work that needs to take place in district 95 because we have seven opportunity zones and opportunity zones are areas that Mm -hmm. have double digit poverty. Right. And I have seven of them within my cities Mm -hmm. that I represent. And, um, five of them directly within my district. And people have a tendency to talk about gentrification and how this moving people out. And what I love about my district is that while we have changed and built new structures, those structures are still being lived in by people from within the district. Mm -hmm. And so people 
um, look at, there's a way to redevelop your community and not move the people within your community out. out. I mean, I talk, I talk shit about this 50% Oxtail Griffey, but I am down for, and I have changed my thinking. Like I've cut out all fast food out of my life. Thank God. And I'm just like, I'm gonna spend, if I'm gonna get, if I wanted to get something quick at McDonald's, I go to a Taste Right. You're right. I'm gonna go to get a beef patty. I'm gonna, if I, if it, even if it's late at night, before I go to like Miami Subs Grill, even though I didn't went there yesterday, I had a random craving, but majority of the time you reinvesting your money I'm like I'm, I'm like okay if I'm not gonna drive to Jamaica house I'm just gonna go home you're reinvesting your money back into your community yeah and that is uh, you know something I have to say is that Jamaican people uh, have a tendency uh, and Caribbean people have a tendency to own their own homes mm-hmm. we own our homes right um, and and we believe in planting our feet and and rooting ourselves right mm-hmm. so what you're doing by sowing your seed back into the businesses that are from your community um, is exactly what um, other groups do. Asian people do it, Jewish people do it, Russian people do it. There's no difference for us and I love the fact that you do that. I actually do the same thing, but I have a, a greater love for Dutch Pot because of the fact that they change the trajectory of their employees. Starting pay is 13. They have medical benefits. They have vacation. Vacation is not something that you have to have. That's something mm. that they give to their employees as a benefit. Yeah, full-time pay. Full-time. Yeah. yeah, so my thing is though, when you roll through a Dutch Pot drive through or you roll through a, a a Caribbean restaurant these days I've noticed that since Dutch Pot evolved how they handle their customers that other restaurants are also evolving on how they yeah. they navigate through their their customers Ponda, um, Pond, Reggae Ponda Grill in North Lauderdale mm-hmm. I rolled through there the other day I met the, um, the, the, the general manager really nice lady went there for a meeting and I was just like, yo, we getting customer service together like we're figuring out how to do customer service mm-hmm. I need to be like Chick-fil-A yo I keep telling people, if you're going to steal an employee, steal them from Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Chick-fil-A go, has an extensive training program. I asked them. Their training program is like two to three months. Damn. Right. So when these people hit I haven't, the, and it's crazy, I haven't eaten Chick-fil-A since I moved back here. So let me just explain to you. I am a sucker for Chick-fil-A's mm. lemonade I'm and their fine. waffle fries. I, mean, I agree. So I can't, like, I don't want nothing else. Yeah. I roll through for the lemonade and their waffle fries. And if push comes to shove and I really want a chocolate chip cookie, yeah. Dutch Pot don't have no chocolate chip cookies, yeah. I grab a chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. Right? But- to tell you the truth, I have what took place in Tallahassee was me standing up for my community. Um, I voted on a couple of things that will and we'll probably continue on this another day. I voted for a couple of things that that no, let me just say this. My existence pissed off a whole lot of people because mm-hmm. I came through the door like, yo, I understand how to navigate through this process because I watched my aunt do it. Right. And my natural tendencies is to be able to get what I want done, done. Like, I've been like that since a kid. I knew mm-hmm. exactly who to talk to to get what I wanted from which family member. I also knew how to say, all right, so I want to go to Jamaica for the summer. Auntie's going to give me $25. Uncle's going to give me 35 Mommy's going to give. And I would make them pool their money together, and then i get to go wherever I want to go. Yeah. Oh, you want to throw me a birthday party? I don't want a birthday party. How about we have no birthday? Add up how much it would cost to have a birthday party. And give me that money. And give me that money. So that is how I naturally navigate. So when I hit Tallahassee, I was already I was already ready. Like, mm. I was like, I figured out who was the key players. And when I got to Tallahassee, I, got, I actually got harassed by one of my colleagues. 
I went to an event. I was asked to speak on behalf of the uh, Democratic House Victory, which is the fund that raises money for House members. Mm -hmm. I was asked to uh, speak on behalf of my Democratic House at the Florida Democratic Party um, organizational meeting. I was only supposed to go there and cast my one little vote, but then my leader couldn't make it. Um, The person who had the counter vote, because in democratic politics, you have a male and a female. There's Mm -hmm. a counter. There always has to be a man and a woman to each position. Right? So I get there. I think I'm going to cast my one vote. I found out I have to speak. Um, At this meeting, it was disclosing whether or not we wanted to have our consultants disclose their income. Mm -hmm. Right? Or not. Consultants. Right. Our consultants like so you if I hired you to deal with my um, deal with my marketing. Right. Mm -hmm. You would be considered a consultant. Right. And they wanted to have our consultants disclose all of their other incomes. Right. And also disclose um, their liabilities. Which is whack. Right. You don't want everybody knowing what's going on in your life. And then on top of that, that would leave you open to the Republicans knowing how and where to hit you. So if I know that you work for Beats, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to call the guy who owns Beats and say, yo, tell your boy that he can't work for so-and-so or I'm going to pull my money that I've invested in your company out. Yeah. Right? So that's how they get people. So went yeah. to this, went to this, you're falling asleep. Nah, I'm just saying, damn, like I've been. Bruh. It's cutthroat. So. Yeah, yeah, very savage. So this is the thing. So when. I get to the meeting, I speak, there's a round of applause, and let me just say, Florida Democratic Party, we'd be looking at people cross-eyed. We'd be like, mm-hmm. we haven't won in 25 years, so we'd be looking salty. Everybody come talk to us, right? I get a round of applause. One of my colleagues walks over, and he's like, who gave you permission to speak on behalf of us? And I said, well, Leader McGee gave me permission to speak on behalf of us, and he literally cornered me and put his hand in my face and was just reckless all around reckless and i felt cornered i felt trapped Mm -hmm. and on top of that i've just gotten to office so i'd only been an elected official um november december january february four months damn right and here i am in this big behind room having to deal with this man attacking me he kneeled down cornered me in and i couldn't move and eventually somebody else came over and i was able to get up and walk away from the situation but I realized in that moment that I had gotten in the middle of a a war that I didn't understand and wasn't prepared for. And I filed a complaint against him. Mm -hmm. Now the person is, his name is a, his name is representative Carlos Guillermo Smith. Mm -hmm. He is, um, he, (laughs) anyways, I filed a complaint in the Florida house. And so what ended up happening is I ended up having to have conversations with the speaker of the Florida house. Yeah. So, you know, God, they say all weapons formed. Against me, shall not prosper. That doesn't mean they don't form, right? Yeah. So it formed and what ended up happening is because of that situation, it catapulted me straight to the top of the conversation list. The Democrats thought I would never make it out. Mm-hmm. They thought I was done for. She'll never make it. What ended up happening is the whole situation actually made me stronger and put me in a position to be able to have conversations with the speaker of the Florida House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you have a relationship. Now I have a conversation. I have a relationship with the the appropriations chair because the speaker and I now have a relationship, right? So what ended up happening was what they thought was going to mess me up and not help me move forward actually catapulted me into a whole nother situation because I one didn't speak out talk to the press or or bash anybody i just yeah. wrote my statement and then went through the process of 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 
pressing yeah. um, for the speaker to do something about what took place, right? But those same people are now the people that put the young lady in my race into my race. Mm-hmm. So Carlos Guillermo Smith, Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith, and his crony, Representative Anna Escamani, um, she worked for Planned Parenthood, right? Shout, Rep- shout out to Planned Parenthood. And then Carlos Guillermo Smith works for uh, the um, works for Equality Florida. Mm-hmm. So they put this girl into my race after I spoke out against him bullying me and harassing me. Okay, it's interesting because this community talks about being harassed all the time but yet and still one of their very own harassed me and now they have put money into the race to put this person who lived in district 94 never voted in district 95 into my race and so i'm battling the planned parenthood people because i voted this is interesting i voted for parental consent on abortions so they're saying that i'm attacking how old at home 17 and under you're a child Mm. I only, say what you gotta say no I only gotta say is I'm not gonna tell no woman what to do with her body you're not a woman until you're 18 yeah you're 17 you're a child you can't go on a field trip you can't go to grad night you, you can't, can't go to the park you can't go to the no, dentist and yeah, you can't but, have but, any other surgeries but we're in, we're in the same situation where mm-hmm. and this is gonna dive deep and this go is ahead, gonna I'm so, so we're in a situation right now where like Teenage girls mm-hmm. that that identify as a man can go and get testosterone treatment without consent. I believe that that is not completely true. I I literally just read this the other day. So it might be true in another state, but not in Florida. Mm. So this is the thing: you can't go. A child cannot go to the doctor mm-hmm. without parental consent. Okay. Yeah. And my issue at hand is that we have an issue in our communities where women are, you know, where where when you're 17 and under, your yeah. body's not fully formed, right? And anything that you do to your body has lasting effects in yeah. your adult years. So my issue is not women's rights to have an abortion 18 and older. You have whatever rights you want to have. I'm pro-choice for a woman. But yep. when you think about a child, there are 12-year-olds who get pregnant. You mm-hmm. want your 12-year-old to be able to go have an abortion without you knowing? Duh, 12 and 17 is different. No, no, no. Let's be clear. No, but, but you don't, Anika, you, Anika, can we be fair to say that... Can, can we be fair to say that women 17 15 16 that's not a woman that's a girl are girls 15 16 17 knowingly manipulate men and take advantage of them can we can we admit to that because i know girls that do it so let me just say so i I can't say i can't tell that same girl like yo you just so you knew you knew that 15 16 17 year old cannot go to grad night without a a parental signing of a slip for them to go they can't can we admit to that Okay, yes. All right. Okay. A, a 15, 16, 17-year-old cannot be held financially liable for anything. It falls on their parent. Can we admit to that? Uh, yeah. Okay. So now let's go through this again. Yeah, but at the same time, there's loopholes there. Because, okay, because so let me give you the loophole. Yeah, because loopholes is like, okay, I, I need a parental consent, but I can get a job and earn my money. Okay, so with getting a job, right, there are parameters for when you can go to work 
Agreed. your parameters for how Agreed. many hours you can work. Agreed. And I'm not a parent that's, I'm not a parent. So I don't know if there's papers that a parent has to sign before you can get that job. No, no, you, I mean. But there are labor laws. There is. Okay. You, you, I mean, I, I agree with you here a whole hearty 100%, but I, it's, I guess to the point where, like, do I want my daughter going behind in some back alley so, so, you know see, what i mean this is this is, this is what they funny. this it's, is what they plan out for you in your brain this yeah. is the stuff that they they warp in so that yeah. you, you so you don't think about the health of your child right and the health of 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 being able to have another set of eyes with experience mm-hmm. look at what's going to take place to your child i'm not against abortion for adult women mm-hmm. i am pro-choice but when it comes to a child i believe a parent is necessary to help that child make through make those, those choices dis- okay. and decisions first of all it's a mental decision mm-hmm. it's also a physical decision and there are lasting effects to that on a adult woman as well as on a child can you imagine mentally, that on a child mentally on a child i now, mean we all know we both the, know people that the, have had abortions and made lo- those choices Correct. And I'm almost certain that if you asked any of those people if or how it weighed on them, they can tell you how it weighed on them. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Some people it doesn't weigh heavy on. Right. Um, And um, just to be honest, I had an abortion at 20 right before my 22nd birthday. Right. Um, And um, my circumstance was the person that I was with um, was not here legally. Right. And I work part time and I said to him, listen, how are we going to raise this kid? If you can tell me within a week how we're going to map this out, how this child's life is going to navigate, then I'll have this kid. Mm -hmm. If you can't tell me how we're going to navigate, he was 10 years older than me. If you can't tell me how we're going to navigate through this, then I can't do this. Yeah. Right. Um, Do I have any regrets? No. Yeah. No regrets because I knew that I had done all the things that I possibly could do mm-hmm. to help me figure out how I was going to navigate through this. I don't navigate through, through things on an emotional level. I yeah. navigate through things on... You're, you're an anomaly. Uh, let's just put it out there. right. You're, you are the anomaly because the fact that you can say, I'm going to think about it logical as a woman because it's typical. Women are more emotional than logical. But I'm a, you're the anomaly, Anika. And we're... Len, let's let's invoke the anomaly into your, your argument because so if I, you were seventeen, you still would have got that abortion so, if your parents told you no. So so let me just say this because of who you are. So let me just say this. Yeah. Um, I did not have any discussions with my mom. I didn't have any discussions. With yeah, my dad. I mean, you're twenty-two. I, yeah, right. But the reason I said that some people don't have an issue with it is because I didn't want anybody to feel like I was judging people who don't have an issue with it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have an issue with it. I yeah. knew that I'd made the best decision for me in my life. Yeah. Right. Um, but when you look at the law, it's a 12 page document. It's yeah. not some big long thing Yeah. in there. If the child is physically abused or sexually abused by a parent, that child no longer has to ask for parental consent. They okay. can go before a judge within 24 hours. They're given an attorney. And within three days, they're given a court date and the judge will help them decide whether or not Have this process is right okay, okay, and help okay. guide them through the process. Is it a female judge or a male judge? It, it's, I don't know. 
I'm not sure. Because I'm a very logical person. Right. Because I, I honestly, I in my all heart of hearts, mm-hmm. I believe if you ask any girl that had a child between 16 and like 22, mm-hmm. if they if they could do it again, in the heart of deep down inside, they'd be like, nah. But we, I think society looks so down upon that. But them for making those honest decisions about their lives, it is not fair to them. I'm 100% with you. And that's why I think that just because I'm saying that there should be parental consent doesn't mm-hmm. mean that that child should not be given an opportunity to have an abortion. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is that that's not a decision that a child should make on their own. own. It's way too heavy It is for an adult to make, yeah, yeah, yeah. much less a no, child. No, I'm, I'm not going to say it is because every woman is so different. Every woman is different. And, you're and every very, situation is different. The way you were brought up is different. And you know what I'm saying? Every, it's every situation So many things plays a role, role in it. Because I done paid for a couple now. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> so. so this is my thing, though. I voted for that. Mm-hmm. So the Planned Parenthood people came after me. Yeah. But the reason the Planned Parenthood people came after me is because, one, every time they want me to fill out their endorsement form, I'm like, nah, suckers. I hear what you're saying. I agree with you. But I'm not filling out your forms because I'm not beholden to you for you to turn around and chat crap when I make yeah, a decision yeah, yeah, that I think yeah. is best. Yeah. I don't want your shackles on me. I mean, my yeah. people fought to be free. You're not shackling me to what yeah. you feel. Right. Yeah. Um, but in truth and in fact, it's because Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith mm-hmm. is friends with uh, Representative Ana Eskimani, and they felt like this is the way to come back and get me. So they sent Parent Parenthood their way. Mm-hmm. Equality Florida, uh, he works there. Mm-hmm. So um, my opponent happens to identify as she's married. Mm-hmm. She lives in District 95. Yeah. Um, she is a paid political advocate. Right. She made one hundred and twenty thousand dollars last year. Damn. All right. So you can't. All right. So you can't tell me that the work that you're doing is for the community when you got paid one hundred twenty thousand dollars. And we don't know because your financial disclosure doesn't tell us. We don't know who paid you. Yeah. Where your money came from. She's 30 and she's had more jobs than they have Psalms in the Bible. Damn. It's a lot of jobs. There's a whole lot of jobs. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm still trying to figure out. Where the money come from? Yeah. And who is financing her stuff? And then I realized. She might have an OnlyFans page. No, 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 no. It's Equality Florida and Planned Parenthood. And it's because I spoke out against Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith. And then I also made sure that Anna Escamani, Representative mm-hmm. Escamani, knew no woman. Yeah. I'm not the one to mess with. Because mm. I don't play none of these games. Clearly. Now, I should have, in hindsight, if I had understood that I was in the middle of a battle and in the middle of a war, would have handled things a lot differently than mm-hmm. I did. And let me explain what I mean. I probably should have just footed him in his face and everything would have, it would have been squashed. Yeah. But then I would have ended up going to jail and then you would have heard, oh, she's anti blah, blah, blah. Angry black woman, blah, 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 blah. Beats blah, up blah, on blah. openly gay man. Blah. Oh, yeah. Right. So that's the point. So when I wrote my letter, I made sure I left out all gender terms. Mm -hmm. There was no gender terms in my letter because guess what? I know how these people play, right? They try to make it look like, you know, this whole intersectionality thing where you're, you're black, you're a woman. Are you talking about that? No, that's no. No, your intersectionality means that you're gay or you're queer yeah. Or you're or, or you're LGBTQ, and then you're black, and then like you're the a man. They us we. Yeah, but this no, I'm talking about. They talk about how we gotta work together to get things oh, done. Oh, okay. Right? Inter- so intersectionality, got you, got you, got you. right? Okay. So this is the problem, though. The only part of the section that keeps getting left 
is the black part. Yeah. It's the the only part get left is the black part. Yeah. And I keep telling people until I'm allowed to walk in this room and just be a woman, yeah. I have to show up as black every single time. So people who are always like intersectionality, we got to work together. I keep asking them why my section keep getting left. Yeah. Because everybody seems to be moving forward, but my section. Right. So we got outside forces trying to come in on the only Caribbean American district in the entire state to try to tell us who we should have as our elected officials. Mm. And so that's why I need community support. Um, And for people to if you can't donate, come walk with me. If you can't come walk with me, support me online. Mm -hmm. Um, My handle on Facebook and Twitter is Rep Umphroy, R-E-P-O-M-P-H-R-O-Y. My uh, website is Anika, A-N-I-K-A-O-M-P-H-R-O-Y.com. Um, and I would give him out my phone number, but I did that on 1170 the other day. And people did call me. The like, 1170 lit. I, yo, Jamaicans are hilarious. Yo, Caribbean people are listen, hilarious. I love my people. They called me. They were like, um, yes, Miss Lady. Me here say I give out masks. And me need some of my house. So you can't come drop them off? I was like, I love my people. I love my people. But the other thing about it is that um, I need to, I can give out my number, but I had to give out the the number where, where I can, I can, um, where I can sleep at night because people do call you. You got two cell phones. I got two phones. One for plug, one for my. Okay. Sorry. No plug. You you see me dance. Um, We saw you. You did did not see me dance. Um, So. So anyways, so back to the situation is we have to understand how to defend our own communities and how not to let other people tell us what we should do, what we shouldn't do and how we should Mm -hmm. navigate. Um, We have the strongest uh, voices and we are staying muted. English speaking Caribbean American people have to understand that we need to speak up and stand up for the things that we believe. Mm -hmm. And while we are varied in how we navigate, we have some common core values. We're hardworking. We're industrious and we believe in family and we believe in taking care of our own. Mm -hmm. That is something that I believe is a core value of our community. Not saying it's not a core value in other people's community, but I never grew up in other people's community. I grew up in a female one and that is what I know. Right. So my phone number is 954-743-0608. That's 954-743-0608. If you have any questions or concerns, you need help with anything in regards to this election process. If you live in District 95 and you can help out with my um, campaign, Please give me a call. Um, I have to say this. You got to give your Instagram. Give out your Instagram. I'm not giving out my Instagram. There's nobody on there. doesn't matter. They, okay, it's yeah, R-E-P-O-M-P-H-R-O-Y 95, like 95 South. So Rep Umphroy 95. And um, District 95 is unique in a couple of things. District 95 is the, actually has the highest voter turnout of all the house districts in Broward County. Mm-hmm. There are 13 house district fully in Broward County and district 95 outvotes them. And that means one thing that means that this immigrant based community mm-hmm. understands the power of their voice and use it. And they use it in a very strong, forceful way. The person they found to run against me happens to be Caribbean American, but she never identified as Caribbean American until she decided to run against me. Mm-hmm. December of 2019 is when we heard she was Caribbean American. Mm-hmm. Right. The other thing is she's married. So she's got these posters with her and her husband holding hands. Yeah. But she also identifies as queer. So there's so many different factors that we have to look at. And and the other thing is she never, she was never raised in this district. Yeah. She never voted in this district, but then she's asking people to vote for her within the district. How you, how you gonna try to tell people to vote for you and you ain't never vote in your own district. Okay. So when is the voting day? August 18th. August 18th. August 18th. And, um, 
August 18th, I suggest that people get their vote by mail ballots just because COVID-19 is so sincere and real. And I want everybody to be safe. But the key is to get your vote by mail ballot. Do your research. Do you, have to, do you have to request that? You do have to request it. And you can request it if you're in Broward County at Broward SOE, Broward Supervisor Elections Office. But I'm a Perma Pines resident. I can't vote in your district. You can't vote in my district, but I still need you to vote. Because you yeah. got a really important vote coming up in your part of town, too. You're, you're looking at new senators, new yeah. representatives, and some of them people I can tell you you shouldn't vote for. But so we need to have a conversation about I that. Ask, I need to ask my mama. <laughs> and I'll help you out. There's some people on there that... But I like the little voter thing because I was looking at one of the, the, the potential looks of it. And it's like, okay, they break it down and who you are. And you get time to sit down and read upon people. Yeah, but my thing is you always have to be mindful of who wrote the story. Because when people are looking at, let's say me, they're like, oh, she's anti-women's choice and she's anti um, mm-hmm. she's anti public schools. But I voted for $500 million in teacher pay raises. Yeah. So how am I anti-public schools? She's about to come up. They ain't got to go to work no more and get in the check. They they still got to work. They work really hard. They do, but they don't got to like go there and deal with them, you know. Some of these children need extra they, guidance. No, no, they do. I think it's about to get harder. I think that what people are realizing is that their children, uh, they need to be more involved in their children's yeah. educational process. And they also need to be more mindful of the fact that their teachers are not their child's therapists. Yeah. Their teachers are not their child's disciplinarians. That's their job. Their job is to make sure this child is is mentally prepared. And it's also their job to make sure that their child has behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, poor teachers, because they have a lot to balance off. But teachers in Florida went from being in the bottom 10 to being the top 10 in pay. So teachers are going to start off with their starting pay at forty seven thousand five hundred. Right. And then um, existing teachers, we put four hundred million dollars aside for that. And then one hundred million aside to raise existing teachers who have not received a two percent raise or more um, to for them to get pay raises. So one hundred million dollars for existing teachers to get their pay raises. But we still have so much work to do because we still need to make sure bus drivers get their pay raises. Mm -hmm. We need to ensure that educational support staff get their pay raises. Um, But they're trying to what I mean by that is the person that helps your teacher with the child who needs additional assistance. Right. And then um, your 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 um, can you imagine that the person that feeds your child during the day has to work another job just to make sure that they can feed their children? Mm. So those are the realities of what we face here. But they're trying to make me look like I'm anti public school. When truth in fact, I voted for school choice for parents, because guess what? If your child can get an educational scholarship, which is a private public partnership corporations give money to receive a tax break so that children can go to private schools and charter schools mm-hmm. and i believe that a, a parent should have a choice as to where they would like to send their child their income-based scholarships but why should i subject my child to a d school when i know that a d school is not the environment that my child will thrive in. My child mm-hmm. should have access to whatever educational process will help them. There was a situation with AOC, you know, Congresswoman yeah. um, uh, AOC, Anna Cortez Ocasio. I say yeah. her name wrong. Yeah. I apologize for that. Ocasio Cortez. What took place was that she has a cousin who has a child who's her goddaughter. Mm-hmm. And 
her cousin didn't want to send the child to the school in the neighborhood because they had gone to that school and that school was not necessarily the best school. And so they want to send their child to a charter school because they thought it would be better for their child. And AOC actually filled out his paperwork for to send him to this to send her cousin to this charter school. And, you know, the progressives, I call them the regressives, Mm -hmm. the progressives in Florida um, think that I'm wrong for voting for school choice. Well, guess what? Your favorite progressive did not subject her own younger cousin to a failing school system and mm-hmm. sent them to a charter school. While we are working to fi- fix our public educational system, we should not subject parents to send their kids to failing schools until we get it fixed. That's all I have to say on that one. So I'm in for a fight, but you know I'm up for the battle. I really want to see... Uh, we're going to do like a part two because I still have like a billion questions. Mm-hmm. And then I think we should... This debate thing, you got me hype on this. You should. I mean, my thing is this. Um, you remind me... Well, no, I shouldn't say this. You are in the vein of a Charlemagne the God. Hmm. Right? In the sense that... And what I mean by that is you're not him and he's not you. Yeah. But in the sense that you are... Um, you, you have no problem with thinking out loud. Meaning, you thought about what you're going to say, mm-hmm. but you say it anyways because you believe it's something that people need to know about yeah. or hear about, right? Yeah. And you're also the type of person that has no problem with listening to what people have to say. I have watched as you have navigated through your process of life mm-hmm. and I admire what you've accomplished with your life. Appreciate that. So, what I mean by that is you aren't him and he's not you, but you guys come from the same vein. The vein of being able to communicate with anyone yeah <laughs> that's a that's a gift i guess it's a gift and a talent you know that i'm a, I, I don't know if i told the story before but um a very specific moment in my life where i, I realized really at a young age look at everybody the same like i know i might agree to everybody's lifestyle but I just I, I believe in very just be kind to your fellow man. Mm-hmm. You just kind to your fellow man. You you smile when people look at you. How you doing? Those thing, little things go so far. And I remember when I was younger, me and my dad, I think my brother was there too. He was at a UN game at Orange Bowl. So you know this is back in the fucking day, Orange Bowl. Mm-hmm. And we were just standing outside like on the outskirts, inside but behind the gate where you can just walk up to the stadium. So I don't know if we were coming or going, but I remember an older Spanish man was sitting on a turnstile. He was standing closest to, I was standing closest to him and he just passed out and fell to the ground. Oh God. So I'm just looking at him like, the fuck? What the fuck is going on? And my dad like rushed over and helped him. I know my dad ain't know this nigga from nothing. Mm-hmm. And my dad just got over there and helped up the man and grabbed the water and somebody threw a water over and get the man up, sat him up and like my, seeing my dad do that, knowing him was like, fuck me. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Mm-hmm. And then dad said, yo, I was like, yo, Omar, where y'all do? You see, I'm on fire. You help the man up. I don't know him. It don't matter. I was like, damn. So ever since that day, like something in my mind was like, yeah, I get caught up in sometimes what my culture feels like, how we should treat people. But I realized, like, bro, I don't got to like what you do. I don't got to believe in what you believe in to see if you fell down to the ground. I'm, I can always extend ahead to help you up. So what I think is so important about what you said is that while your father may have said certain things to you growing up, mm-hmm. 
our society has said certain things to you growing up. When push came to shove, your father was human, yeah, yeah, helped yeah. another human being yeah. out, and then looked at you like, "Why are you not helping?" Yeah, right. So we, our culture, though, when you think about it, is a culture that 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 said that apartheid in Africa yeah. didn't make any sense. Jamaicans started the first embargo against apartheid. Yeah. Right. We're the we're the people that that um, that that when Hale Selassie was going through what he was going through in in, in Ethiopia with Mussolini mm-hmm. coming over, yeah. we're the people that we started talking about what was going on. And you know, that's who we are. We're the emancipate yourself from mental slavery. We're yeah. the we're the we're the murderer. We're the people that we yeah. we we're the people that consistently make you check your unrighteousness mm-hmm. right and and also and also push you to be even greater than you are when Buja Benson said walk like a champion mm-hmm. he was telling you what you are yeah right um when you when you look my ghetto story yeah like like i remember those, those days, days like like we don't want to go back to those days no. but we remember them yeah right so the the humanness of us the reason people love jamaican people so much is one we're winners yeah. those are facts right but also because we've always spoken about the ills that are taking place in the world mm-hmm. right and we've we've been very very unapologetic and open about that but i've also seen there's a cruel side to us we know this already yeah you know you know eagle and the hawk them so wrong yeah, yeah. you know what i mean there's a cruelness <laughs> to us yeah right but uh but as quickly as we will we will we will uh level a level a field yeah is as quickly as we will bend our knees down and pray yeah right so there's the reason i went through all of that was that um everybody has its has their nuances mm-hmm. right you know people are like oh well jamaicans are are this and jamaicans are that and i'm always like all jokes aside my grandmother's brother my uncle uh, my granduncle was gay we all knew he was mm-hmm. gay nobody cared that he was gay yeah right we didn't want to see anyone kissing in the house yeah man woman man on man woman on woman we just don't want to see it it's just not how we grew up Mm -hmm. like the level of affection we used to see is is in my family at least you see so you might see somebody when they're dancing you might see them holding each other Mm -hmm. an occasional pat on the backside but there was nobody sucking off each other's faces yeah 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 you know what I mean in my family I'd be looking at people like you what's wrong with your family why are you did did you um if I grew up seven day Adventist I did not was your family or anybody in your so family? So let me just say this. My I know Uncle Denny grew up. So 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 the, so this yeah. is the thing. So de- yes, they were raised Seventh Day okay, Adventists, yeah. but they it didn't transfer to me. Yeah, yeah. Right? I feel you. Um and then my father well, they around. hate church. <laughs> but yeah. people hate church though. They get listen, older hate church. Listen, like what? So so this is the other funny Yo. part is that my father was a Rastafarian. Oh okay. So so I have a mom who was raised with Seventh Day Adventist principles, a dad who's a Rastafarian, and pop out, here go me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the way I navigate through the world is is quite eccentric. Right. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned this to you before. You, you say I'm an anomaly. I think that I am a direct product of uh, of my very interesting family. Um, I played flag football. Yeah. Right. Like I was taught early that if you throw a punch, expect a punch. Because yeah. I think some some people think that just because you are. 
I think the lesson that they tried to teach me was that if you throw a punch, if you don't expect the punch and you get it, you're not prepared for it. Yeah. But if you throw the punch knowing that you may get the punch, yeah. then you are either prepared to do a counter attack mm-hmm. or counter move uh, yeah. or you're prepared to catch that punch squarely and deal with the consequences Impressive, of it. Yeah. I've thrown lots of punches in my real life. Oh man, Jay could tell you some stories. I won't today though. No, part <laughs> but, two. Yeah, yeah. We'll won't tell you today. But um I've thrown some political punches and um and I'm I'm dealing with the consequences of my political punches now. But I've also navigated through smoothly in regards to other things. So I've built really great relationships with people and I thank my father for teaching me how to how to listen to people right mm-hmm. my my dad's uh rastafarian uh thought process was very you know daddy i don't understand why purple people navigate like that and he'd give me a book about purple people and mm-hmm. make me read it and then he'd have a conversation with me about purple yeah. people right my mother not so much mm-hmm. my mother's very it's very very loving for other people but very rigid for me which yeah. is kind of what you said that you know if there was a debate you'd there would be an unfair advantage to my opponent because you'd be harder on me. My mother was always harder on me. Yeah. Right. She was getting you ready. She was getting me ready. The other day I told her, I said, mom, you know, I gotta, I gotta handle this fight. And it was, a, I can't remember what it was, but I told my mom I have to stand up for it. And she was like, why does it have to be you? I said, I said, why not me? I said, didn't you prepare me for this? Like you've been mm. telling me my whole life, they're trying to stick us back on the cotton fields and cutting cane. You've been telling me that since I was little, before I knew what the hell a cotton field yeah. was. Yeah. And before I, I, before I associated sugar with sugar cane, yeah. right? Um, so why, why would I, why would I not be ready for this? This is what you raised me for. But anyways, I know we gotta, I see my phone ringing. I know yours is probably going crazy. My shit on side, I don't even know. Oh, no. I wonder if this shit was ran out of space recording and shit. We had like two hours. I know. You gonna have to cut this down. People no, no, like no, it's boring. Put, no, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. But I definitely think that you would be a, you would make a great politician, no matter Too what. Too wild, I'm reckless. <sighs> you know, one of these days I'll be able to tell the stories of 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 reckless of of, of my of my moments. I'm write a book. It's gonna be called Bound. Yeah, you can do that when your presidency is over and all that stuff. I'm not running for president. I'm just saying, whenever I don't you re- want nobody watching me when I come out the beach. People be like, Yeah, but whenever you reach your highest office, you want to reach and you retire. It's yeah. Like you- <laughs> hey guys, this is Slim City from the First and Wild Podcast. Just want to apologize, man. Hello, audio issue. So this is Anika Umfroy, and um, make sure you make sure you out there and voting early August 18th for your local elections. But we definitely have a lot more to talk about and I will finish this episode like a part two to this episode. So once again, like, share, subscribe, please leave comments. It really helps my podcast and I hope you enjoyed this. Any suggestions, email us at firstandwild at gmail.com. Thank you so much.